Hey guys, last episode did awesome. I know a lot of new people are listening and for the new listeners out there, uh, as most of you know, gun sales are at like an all time high. It's pretty crazy. It's good to see in terms of people that we know, like Fort Scott Munitions, who are a great yeah, company. Yeah. And uh, hey, can, Fort... can, can I say, can I say something yeah, real quick? Of or, course. Or you can put it's it our in, show. Yeah. I know. <laughs> hey, I just let you guys know that the uh, people went asking because I thought it was a good segue going into the gun sales. Uh, the my first generation that tunnels toolbox that first one maximum defense and i it's a maximum defense weapon maximum defense industries is a sponsor of battle line tactical they don't sponsor the podcast why they don't mike get your shit together you need to start sponsoring the podcast but they, they do sponsor my training company and i've been using their weapons uh their weapon systems for a while but tunnels toolbox it's the first generation of that tunnels toolbox that came out three years ago. We had some problems with the uppers with some gas rig with the gas rig that needed to be fixed. And so uh, we've since brought everything in house and we're going to re reintroduce that here. Come shortly here in the next week or so that new tunnels toolbox 300 blackout rifle. And uh, I just just keep following the website. I'm sure I'll post Ian will post it on the Battleline podcast page, but it'll be on my website. And I'm going to start selling. I have 40 of those left, and it's my own weapon system with the Tano serial number on there, 300 blackout, little uh, short barrel rifle. It's a, it's it's fantastic. So uh, I just want to keep people keep out there. I'm doing my own little shout, which I never do, but I want people <laughs> to know because I people have been asking, when's the new two box coming out? What's the new? Well, I'm gonna I've got 40 of the of the old Gen ones left. It's the one I train with all the time, the one I teach with all the time. I'm having that out here in the next week or so, and, and I'll make sure I do a huge email blast. And, of course, we'll do what we can on social media because it, you know, we can't – I mean, I can't sell guns on Facebook, but I'll at least put the information out there. So you know where to go to buy them, and it'll be a maximum defense back weapon. Maximum defense is making the uppers now, not DRD, who who really screwed up those gas rigs at the beginning. Well, for Gen 1 one. Okay, sorry. That's, that's it. I just want to make sure I got that in there. Yeah, no, I I appreciate it, man. Well, well Fort Scott Munitions, uh, who is a sponsor of this podcast, uh, is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition that is designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military-grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states, as well as directly online through fortscottmunitions.com. I am wondering if uh, with these like new local laws, you know, in regards to COVID-19, if it, it really is in all 50 states, because you're hearing so much yeah. crazy stuff out of California, for example, which is yeah. why there is a understandable rush to get ammunition. Uh, and a lot of these people that were <laughs> anti-2A are going, wait a second, maybe, maybe there's something with this. And if you've seen, <laughs> there's been no mass shootings with what is a 300% increase in gun sales, no mass shootings. So we're, we don't get political on this, but I'm going to say this, you can do it political. It's never, ever the gun. It's the person holding the gun that causes that problem. So that's all I'm going to say about that. And we're going to leave that alone there. Um, I think, I, I think yeah. even violence is just down in is general. It, oh, sh yeah. big shocker. Vi intruders and bad guys don't want to mess with people that actually carry guns. 
good law-abiding citizens that carry guns. That's a shock. I haven't heard that. I grew up that way. Oh, my goodness. Um, anyway, yeah, brother, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I know that, that there's a, a tremendous push, and, of course, the, the Fort Scott Munitions is fantastic. In fact, that's how I got into Fort Scott Munitions was the 300 blackout in that first-generation tunnels toolbox. That's how we came together four years ago. And and so it's a definite great pairing, especially to go with that toolbox, that 300 blackout ammunition to make the best subsonic and supersonic uh, 300 blackout ammunition on there in the market. So, uh, yeah, bro, I, I, I know gun sales are up. I, I know there's uh, our TP sales still up. I haven't checked on that. I, I think so, man. I, <laughs> even just basic stuff. I was at CVS to try to get, like, napkins, and they're out of napkins, and there's well, just you, a rush to get everything. Uh, you well, know, you know what? I don't see that as panic. I did initially. The initial one was panic. I do believe that. I really, I panic buy, panic buying. I, feel, I think now... Dude, people are home for what months at a time. If you have a six six kids, I have three yeah. kids. I have a fifteen year old. You got to stock up because that's those chips and and a fifty. Have you seen how much a fifteen year old shits after he eats all the pizza? <laughs> so I, I I see as people now, it's not. I you know I, I I do think it was a panic buying there for at least the first two three weeks. Now I just think, you know, people are at home. You you kind of got to stock up if you have a big family. You have there's you have to have a lot of food in the house to support a big family. Can you imagine those families that have five or six sons? Or, yeah, I or mean, how much? I, I think a lot of them knew this was coming. I think that's really what it is. Um, some people, you know, really got to know what was going on early on and said, "I got to get my stuff." But um, yeah. I, I want to make sure that I, that I get in everything before it's got so. Yeah, go ahead, use, bro. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> use exclusive promo code <laughs> Battleline for fifteen percent off your order. Only available to listeners of the Battleline podcast, FortScottMunitions.com. Offer code Battleline. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, Battleline Tactical, and the Battleline podcast. Let's get right into everything. On the microphones, pure and uncensored American straight talk. Never quit. You're locked and loaded with Chris Peranto and Ian Scotto. This, this is the Battleline Podcast. Switch is on. Motherfucker, I'm going to shoot you in the face. Which is on episode 23, and I know there's a lot of new listeners uh, who have now tuned in because of getting TIG on the last episode, which will, judging by the stats now, is going to be our biggest episode yet. And for those people, I just want to let you know, we usually sound a lot better than this. I usually use a professional recording studio. Chris has a great setup. And uh, so if you listen back to those uh, back episodes, hopefully, as soon as this is all over, we'll be back to sounding like that. So yeah. just bear with the uh, technical stuff, but the the uh, guests we're having on are 
absolutely awesome. Awesome, and and yeah, don't don't let Tig know. I'm not gonna hear the end of it now. Son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm gonna have to deal with. Yeah, I was your best episode from here on out. Every time I see him, but I I love Tig. If you can, if you listen to that back episode, last week's episode with me and Tig. You know, we we have a we have a special relationship as far as uh, yeah I, I we I, I do believe we really do care about each other but we're never going to show it and that's why I always say I hate his face because it, it's been people like weird. that yeah it's it's but you know we went through something together but then also I just he's a genuinely good guy you know he's just a, 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 he is the nicest biggest guy in the world granted he 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 is politically incorrect even more so than me. But that's just how he is. So uh, he rubs people the wrong way. But if when you get to, but he also, he also has a kind, very very kind heart that he'll never admit that he has. That that he will also he will he I've seen it. He will literally he will lay down his life for yours if he deems it if he deems it right and just. He will definitely do that because I've seen him do it. I've seen him exp- I've I've watched him do some heroic things in the line of fire. So I know he's there. So uh, um so and I and I I hope it I I guess from the, judging from the response, it did come through in the episode. So, um, yeah, tremendous. And we'll have him back on again, and and we'll get that banter. And and uh, it did. We we actually talking about close quarter defense and going through that together. It really did bring up some good memories, and also the contracting memories. I had a lot of my fellow contractors after they they have they emailed me or text me something I do it myself, and they text me or emailed and said, "Man, that brought back memories." Because it was it was the good old days back then. It was the wild west, and the stuff we're going through was was it was fun it was dangerous it was fun and and it was it was just a time it was a time like no other because uh nobody really knew what to do with contractors and we had very very limited uh limited oversight so you know i I, you had to you really had to have some integrity to work for work as a contractor but you also knew that you may not become every day you went out the gate you may not come home because we really didn't know what we were doing we were flying by the seat of our pants but I guess that's why, you know, with, with stuff going on now, I, I still just live my life because you just you never know. And you never, and you just I mean, I didn't know for 10 years if I was ever going to come home every time I left. So you can't live in fear. You just you still got to live. And I think that yeah. came through with me and Tick. It takes the same way. It really is the same way. Yeah, no, I thought I thought he came through great, as, especially as my first time having a conversation with him, said a lot of things that made me laugh, uh, <laughs> came across as funny. brutally honest about everything, about Blackwater um, so most of you have listened to that episode, but if you haven't listened back to it, um, getting into emails here, actually, uh, I'll have a decent amount to say about this email, but, uh, this is from Mark, uh, Raposa, uh, rap. Hi, Ian and Chris. Let me start out by saying I'm a crayon eating veteran. I mean, Marine <laughs> veteran, <laughs> and I absolutely love the podcast. The diversity of guests combined with the openness to all opinions is phenomenal. That being said, I just listened to the Mike Drop podcast, wherein Mike Ritland interviews Eddie Gallagher. I found it to be very informative as well as eye-opening. Eddie mentions that several of the, quote, facts that we all know about were actually proven to be false in court. Anyway, I was wondering if either of you heard that podcast and what your thoughts on it might be. Keep doing what you do. You guys are doing a great job. Um, so that was sent to battlelinepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I don't know if you want to go at that first. Well, I, I didn't. I didn't listen to the podcast, so that's that's yours. I didn't listen to. I didn't know Mike had Mike had uh, Eddie on, and so brother, I, I if I told you anything, it'd be I'd be wrong because so, I didn't yeah. see your podcast. So I'm gonna throw. This is I'm hitting the tennis ball, 
I'm smacking it into your court, John McEnroe. You take it. <laughs> Sounds good. You take um, it. I haven't heard it either. And uh, I, I'm not really interested in hearing it, if I'm going to be honest. You know, I have watched interviews with Eddie Gallagher, like on 60 Minutes. To me, this is my opinion, the guy does come off as an egomaniac, wants to be in the spotlight, kind of classic narcissist. And I kind of agree with something Chris has said when we talked about this at length, that you know, this guy got off for whatever he got off for. If he wants to set the record straight, that's fine. Make a statement, set the record straight. But then just get out of the spotlight because you're not known for anything positive. You, you know what uh, I mean? Good, that's a good statement, brother. Well, I, that's well said. No, I agree. And Mike, I nothing against Mike. I like Mike. Mike's a, Mike's a fantastic. Mike has some great books out there. Mike is a, a Mike's a, you know, can't, works with dogs, does the Word Dog Foundation. Mike's a great guy. Um, I think it's a, that's a brotherhood thing, having a seal. Cause Mike being a seal, having Eddie on. So, uh, I, I didn't know you hadn't listened to it either. I'll be honest with you too. Um, I don't really have any interest to hear Eddie try to explain why he did what he did or what the facts are. Or what, you know, again, what, what are the facts? Well, the facts were proven wrong in court. Well, <laughs> okay. So, and Hillary Clinton didn't have a server and didn't lie about Benghazi either. That was, and, and also a lot, too. yeah. And, and a lot of the <laughs> stuff that we've addressed is stuff that never made it to court, you know, like yeah, the stuff yeah, that Jack yeah, talked about yeah. on the episode with him, that stuff never even made it to court. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of the, uh, vibe I get from the guy and maybe I'm wrong because I never met him, but it's to me, it's almost like uh, I mean, this might be a weird comparison, but uh, what's his name again? Uh, uh, George Zimmerman, you know, when Zimmerman. he got off yeah, the yeah. Yeah, yeah. Martin thing. Yeah. And yeah. no matter what people's opinion were, I really did not like the fact that he was then like doing paintings, selling them on eBay, going to gun ranges, doing gun signings. And it's like you're not known for something good, regardless if you think he's innocent or guilty. What he's known for is killing a young, you know, black. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And, yeah, no, and you could true. think he was justified. You think he wasn't justified, but uh, to me, that that's not the type of thing you should be in this, be proud of being in the spotlight for, uh, even that, if you think I, you were justified. And that that's well said, brother. And, and you know, have, kudos for Mike for having him on. Mike, Mike probably took a little risk of that as far as in the, in his own community. But what I like that Mike did to him and we're talking, Mike having him on is that, you know, like I've always said, you got to check your own. If it's Ranger, Rangers check their own. If SEAL, SEALs check their own. Well, that's what he's doing. And I, I respect that. Mike having, because Mike is a, a SEAL. He's decorated. He, he fought in Operation Iraqi Freedom. Mike's a, Mike's got a good name in the community. And, you know, he, he he's doing what he should do. He's he's calling his own guys. He's calling another SEAL the carpet and said, hey, you want to tell me what you want to tell me? Here's here's the opportunity to. It's kind of like me, me, us having Nate Boyer on. You know, Nate's an Army guy. SF guy, I'm an army guy. I'm, you know, I'm, we're, we're giving him this chance to talk, whether I still agree with him or not, which I disagree with him still with Kaepernick. I said it during the episode. We're still giving him the opportunity to. I think Mike's doing the same thing. But as far as Eddie, Eddie goes, dude, he still knifed a guy and bragged about it. If nothing yeah. else, if he did, if he did nothing else, if everything else is false, if all those SF, all those long tabbers, those Green Berets are lying, if the 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 rest of his team, a SEAL team, was lying. They're all lying. You know, for some reason, all of them are lying. That is the truth. He admitted that. That is still bad enough for me to say, you know what? 
fuck you. No, I, no, I don't, I don't want to hear what you have to say. You, you, you've, you've, you've destroyed your own credibility right there because I've been in those situations and that didn't happen. And I didn't take that opportunity to knife somebody and then brag about saying I got my first knife killed. That just makes my stomach turn, especially working in those areas among the Iraqis and Afghanis and Libyans and Yemenis and whoever else, whatever country I was in. There's still a amount of respect that you have to have, whether it's your enemy or not. And that's what sets us apart from our enemy is we don't do shit like that. We don't cut people's heads off on, on camera. You don't do it and brag about it. So yeah, I agree. And, and he's also, you know, I may feel differently actually, if he came out and said, I did things I'm ashamed of, I apologize, Yeah, uh, yeah. which he hasn't, he said, Oh, it was in bad taste. And that's not really an apology. You that's know? Not, <laughs> you're right, bro. And guys, for all us out there beat, say, Oh, why are you beating up Eddie Gallup? We're not, you asked us. No, it was, it was a we're question. Just, just answering I, the question. I also, if I'm going to be honest, I wanted to address one more point about the, uh, about the email. So from the previous show that I worked on, you guys know, I like, interviewed Mike Ritland plenty of times. I wouldn't even say interviewed. We used to go back and forth. Um, like I considered Mike a very good, well, not a very, but a, a friend of mine, I would say, you know, I've hung out with Mike on many occasions, uh, always had a good rapport with him. I remember actually one time when he came to Sirius XM, I introduced him to Jose and like Mike being a Texan and Pantera fan. Uh, <laughs> Jose gave him like a sign. I think it was far beyond driven signed by Vinnie Paul and like a bottle of Jägermeister and Mike was like, this is awesome. So I always had a really good relationship with Mike. And I think that Mike people that I previously worked for, I don't even know the story, but basically there was some type of falling out. And I, uh, the last time I asked Mike to come on a show that I did Mike just texted me and he was like, I'll decline. And I was like, hey, man, I hope everything is good between both of us. And he said, hey, it has nothing to do with you, which is fine. Um, so actually, more recently, I have called Mike, left him a voicemail and was like, hey, I am not going to bother you anymore if you don't want to hear from me for some reason, because he like unfollowed me on everything. <laughs> oh, no. uh, and and I was just like, dude, always considered you a friend, man. Hope we could uh, touch base again. And I've just never heard from the guy. So, you know, I, like I don't hold anything. I, I, you know what it is? I don't like to ever think of people as being like guilty by association. Chris is friends with guys that I'm probably not, the, yeah. you know, the best <laughs> friends with, and I would never hold it against him, you know? So, like, I never had anything bad with Mike's, but it, it's just, it's kind of weird he hasn't talked to me. So, I, well, I, I and I don't want to sound all butthurt. It is what it is. I, I, I will live my life regardless, but. If Mike would reach out and just say, hey, uh, sorry about that. I'd love to have him on. But until then, it's just kind of weird that that he stopped talking to me. Is I, 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 you know, and who knows? You just never know what gets lost to the translation or who I believe. I, I know people out there talking shit about me that maybe know me for a day or have seen me on social media or that I've been good friends with. And now we're now we're just vent, you know, come, come in with venom and 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 bs and that's fine that comes with the territory but that being said too with my i i brother i'd love to have mike on the show i don't think that's what's happening with mike at all uh, i at mike's uh, mike again and he's lives he's from waterloo iowa which is just down the road for me in omaha nebraska he's a midwestern guy um, yeah, I, I'd be, I'd be 100% been... down to have him on and, and maybe if you reach out, it, it would be cool. I but I'd... Yeah, I'll reach out to him. I didn't even think about it. He, actually, he was going to be part of the Patriots creed. I was going to have one of Mike's stories in the Patriots creed, but I couldn't because he's with another publishing company. Um, so actually when I did the Patriots creed, Mike was one of the guys I was going to write. He's going to write it uh, about overcoming because Mike has tremendous stories 
Um, if you want, read, read Trident Canine Warriors. Read that. That's a good good book that he's written. He has three of them, I believe. Um, but he talks about overcoming adversity and, and how he's now, what he does to help other veterans overcome post-traumatic stress. And, and he's dealt with it himself, what he's been through. He's a tremendous motivator as well. And, and you know, I was going to have, but I did. I wanted one of his stories in the Patriots Creed, but we couldn't because he's with a different publisher than what I am. And it, it, there was going to be a conflict of interest. So we couldn't get him in there. But God, that would have been great to have Mike in the Patriots Creed. And I was, I would have been on, you know, I, of course, I, wanted him in there not just because of his other books but because i believe he has great stories and he's still doing great things for veterans out there but but as far as you're in his relationship it'll get patched up dude we all get yeah i mean I, look I, i'm excited to see the success of his podcast i actually thought it was really funny when he went on fox news and they asked him about something completely unrelated and he was like oh just one more thing epstein didn't kill himself and it went viral <laughs> that was cool uh, and look, I've uh, it, the whole inside joke of Mike Ritland for president kind of started on the previous show I was on, and Mike ran with it. He did a T-shirt, Mike Ritland for president. I bought that with my own money. He's also sent me free stuff I should throw out there. But I was just kind of like, what the hell, man, when he stopped talking to me. And I, I'm just being honest. I don't know what the deal is. And uh, it, it's nothing personal, and I'm not going to come in here and talk crap about him but if people are wondering why i haven't really talked to him that's why he kind of stopped talking to me so yeah well maybe maybe he maybe he doesn't like what we what we have to say or i have my views on no no, no. i mean this, this was all before that this was all before free. that I, was yeah. saying, I would say i hope i hope not because my views aren't going to change oh yeah no my, this is all free pre, pre uh battle line uh, yep yeah, okay got you got you brother it, it, I, I got you nah man it is what it is it is and we all we all, we all eventually, us, us knuckle draggers, will all eventually get over ourselves and, and reconnect, and, and I, or, or, um, or we won't. You know, it's one of those things. We just, it's, it, it's, it gets to where, you know, who cares? Big deal. I'm gonna keep doing my thing. But I, 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 I like Mike, and I, I, I believe that we could get him on the show. I, I'd like to have him on the show, and I'd like to not just talk about all that other bullshit. I don't want to get it. I could care less what he said on Fox. I don't care about Fox or any of those things. I'd less like to have him on the show because he he can help his stories can help veterans overcome post-traumatic stress and move on with their lives. He he has he, he can talk about that. And that's important to me on this show is to helping and then helping those stories, not just veterans, those through going through any sort of adversity, helping them overcome those obstacles to to overcome that adversity and better themselves like like he's done. That's why I'd like to have him on the show is just to talk about stuff like that. Yeah. Well, well, speaking of Navy SEALs, we do have a Navy SEAL standing by, Hi, Rich, Rich Graham. So uh, before we get to him, I uh, got to let you guys know Fort Scott Munitions is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition that is designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard military grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states, as well as directly online through fortscottmunitions.com, F-O-R-T, 
S-C-O-T-T-M-U-N-I-T-I-O-N-S.com. And before I give you the promo code, I should throw out there that kind of your connection with Rich is that you've used his facilities oh, yeah. for a battle line course where you were using Fort Scott Munition. Yeah, it was, and it did, I, I had a new 762.39, uh, uh, which is the AK-47 around, but I had one of their Maximum Defense PDXs, and I was using uh, Fort Scott Munitions ammo in it, and it was, man, that stuff ran fantastic. No problems, no issues. Um, and it was, it's just tremendous. And, and a lot of those, the ammunition because of the tumble on impact, um, and because the way it, it, and I, I'm not a smart guy. I'm not Ryan Kraft. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have that, that smart guy mentality. I don't know how he does it, but the ammo really is made specifically for that, that, the, that sort of ammo that you can use them efficiently in short barrel rifles or the little PDWs, the little pistol pistol they're they're short rifles guys who were kidding atf come on um but um it's just tremendous man and it ran well and full spectrum warrior is the facility we use that's one of our main runs we're going to continue to use with rich there in florida it was a tremendous course and we had some guys from mcdill that came in we taught some air force air force uh, uh unit that came in that ran we had like 30 people there it was one of the best courses we had a lot of fun a lot of ch- and force cut munitions was 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 part of it i mean they're a big part of all battle line courses and the stuff ran fantastic so definitely go out there and pick it up and they're hiring I thought I saw you. Post I saw it. that they you, are, I, you, yeah. you posted it. I didn't. Well, I posted. I, <laughs> oh, Jeremy posted it. My one of my guys and they're hiring. So there you go. And that great company to work for uh, definitely would would uh, would recommend them. If, if you're looking for work, guys, especially your veteran, they love veterans. It's family oriented and and they make the best ammo out there. You're, you'll be back in your niche. And there's a great range they have out there at Fort Scott. You can use whenever you can use whenever whenever you want just uh if you work for them so definitely definitely can't talk anything but good things about four scott munitions well said man well uh use exclusive promo code battleline one word for 15 percent off your order only available to listeners of this podcast that's fortscottmunitions.com promo code battleline fort scott munitions is a proud supporter of chris peranto battleline tactical and the battleline podcast Joining us for the first time on Battleline Podcast is Rich Graham, a uh, friend of Chris's. We were talking about you guys, uh, you know, using the facility. I should say uh, uh, Battleline Tactical using the facility. And yeah. I don't even know if you remember, Rich. I interviewed you years back on the previous podcast I was on, and it's been a long time now. Yeah, it has been. It's good to be back. Yeah, well, I mean, this is brand new for us, and I think— with your podcast, uh, which is the uh, Full Spectrum Warrior podcast, Chris was the first episode, right? Yeah, he was. He was. We we had started it a few years ago, and then it kind of just, with everything going on, it kind of got put on the back burner. Oh, shit. And then when uh, we were talking about relaunching it, and when Chris was out there, we're like, dude, this is a great opportunity. Let's use this to to kick our ass into gear and, and get things going again. I, I didn't know that. I had no idea. How about that? Yeah, man, you're you're on episode one. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Did did it? I hope it did all right, man. Some people hate me. Some people like no, it. Some people. Like it. <laughs> no, I got really good feedback. Everyone loved it. Good. You guys good. check that out if uh yeah if you're listening. It's Full Spectrum Warrior podcast. And, and to get into to uh, Rich's background, of course, Rich is a former Navy SEAL owner of Full Spectrum Warriors, which is an awesome facility. Yeah, uh, it is. I, I always kind of like to start from the beginning with people. So uh, I think 
especially guys out there listening to this who are aspiring to be SEALs. There's younger listeners. Uh, I'd love to hear your whole background growing up and, and what motivated you to become a Navy SEAL. Well, that's, that's kind of interesting because there's a lot of people who are like their whole childhood. They're like, yeah, man, I'm going to be in the military and all that. <laughs> and that wasn't, that wasn't me. Um, I didn't actually make that decision until I was like 17 years old. And uh, I was actually, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was kind of being groomed to go to school for architecture and engineering. And I had some scholarships to different universities to do that. And basically last minute when I had the paperwork on my table, uh, I got cold feet and um, I wanted to go, I wanted to go fight the drug cartels and I, I wanted to uh, do all the counter drug stuff. And I was just asking some people like, Hey, who does that? And some people started telling me stories about the Navy SEALs and what they were doing in South America. And I heard about uh, SEAL team four at the time, um, who used to do the Southcom uh, deployments and there was no books and all this stuff. This is pre nine 11. So I didn't really know anything about it. I was super naive. I was so naive to the, to the military, <laughs> dude, I didn't know. I didn't know you got freaking paid to be in the military. And, um, <laughs> I, I found out in boot camp. Well, you're was, like the, you remind me of the guy on stripes that, that said I would join before I got drafted. And he had, there hadn't been a draft for like, what well, was whoever seen the movie striped where they get striped yeah. Bill Murray. Like, Hey, I, yeah. well, I joined. They're sitting around the, the, they're sitting around the, the table and they're all talking about why they joined. And you get the guy from, from, from where is he at down South going, well, I joined cause all my family joined and I wanted to join before I got drafted. And they all laugh. Like, yeah, there hasn't been a draft in 20 years. You just remind me of that guy. And I don't remember his name, Rich. I can't remember the movie. Yeah. That is hilarious. Totally. Uh, so I'm in boot camp. I'm in Navy boot camp, and they're like, "Hey, we need your bank account information." I'm like, "Why would you want my bank account information?" They're like, "So you get paid?" I'm like, "What do you mean get paid?" They're like, idiot. Like, you know how everyone in boot camp is stupid. You know what I mean? Like, talking to me like, dude, what do you mean? Do you want to get your freaking paycheck or not? I'm like, w- w- paycheck for what? They're like, what the hell are you talking about? Your fucking paycheck. And I'm like. I thought this was volunteer. They're like, no, idiot. It's volunteer that you don't get drafted, but you still get paid. It's a paid job. I'm like, oh, shit. Sweet. All right. Yeah, man. Here's my bank info. Like, uh, super man, dumb that, night. But, we, need, um, we need to have Tig on because that, what you should, that sounds like a Marine story, dude. Not a SEAL story. What the hell? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I just pissed off all the Marines, didn't I? You crayon-eating motherfuckers. <laughs> no, keep going. Keep going. This is great. I love it. Keep going. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, that that was kind of the, the, the start of it. I just, you know, I was really into Thai boxing. I played lacrosse. I raced BMX bikes in high school. And nice. um, I just, when it came, came time to go to college, I was like, dude, the architecture program is an eight-year program. It's a five-year college. Then you have to work for an architect for another three years to get your license, to test to get your license. So you get your degree, then you have to do time in, and then you can apply for your license. So I'm like, dude, this is an eight-year program if you do everything perfect. And I was like, I got too much energy um, and too much fight in me right now. I loved Thai boxing. If I did go to college, I was going to try to be a professional fighter. Not that I, I'm not claiming that I'm good enough, but I'm just saying like, <laughs> That was, that was like my idea of what I was going to do. But then I just got cold feet on the whole committing to eight years, uh, with, with how much energy I had. And it was like, I really don't feel like sitting in the, in a classroom. I could do this 
if I was a little bit older. Like there's no, for me to sit down and draw and to calculate things, like I could do that as an older man. And if I still wanted to go down that road, I felt like I could do that after the military. And that's what I just kind of didn't sign the paperwork. And I went and talked to a recruiter and jumped into the delayed entry program. And, and <clears throat> when I, when I tried to do it, they, the recruiters tried to talk me out of it. Cause at this point I was like 145 pounds and they're like, yeah, dude, the seals are pretty hard. You're kind of small. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it sounds like you don't know shit about what the seals do based on talking to you. And I'm like, no, but I heard, no, this is, I like, I like a big challenge. This is what I want to do. And they're like, yeah, yeah. I did. <laughs> that's what everyone says. <laughs> you know? That, that's hilarious. Yeah, I did stay at a Holiday Express last night, though, so I got yeah. this, man. I got, I, I got, I got it. Well, so when, when you know, you went in, you signed, you went in, you went to great, was it still, again, this is a while ago. So was there other places to go instead of Great Lakes, Michigan for basic, or did they have basic at other facilities? You're old as dirt, dude. So I don't know. You're old as me. <laughs> <laughs> so old as me. It was, yeah, it was up in uh, Great Lakes, Illinois, just north of Chicago. And so I went into the training when I was like 18, finished up and, and it worked out. Like I, I, Went through boot camp, passed all the tests, uh, got into the, went to my A school, you know, which is like your job. Yeah, like, yeah. so if you don't make it through the SEAL training, like you go to the Navy and do whatever your job was. So that you're, was, you're, you're at the, be, yeah, you're at the use. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah, so I had a short school, it was aviational ordinance. So I went down to Pensacola for two months, graduated first in my class and kept the, the track going to, to get out to BUDS, the SEAL training. So there I was, you know, four, three to four months into the Navy, about four months into the Navy. And I'm showing up at 18, 19 years old on the beach in San Diego to start the SEAL training. And I made it through in one shot, didn't get any injuries, didn't get rolled or anything like that. So uh, 19, 20 years old, I'm, I'm at checking into the SEAL team. So it was a, it was kind of like a fast track uh as far as like the training everything like that went um there was there was obviously hiccups and it was challenging and all that but um but i, I pretty much got to the team as as young as you could do it did, you know, did that actually. motivate you the people saying you're small you, you know you don't look like you're cut out for this because just <clears> it's funny we we're just talking about mike ritland who i've spoken to many times and i remember like him telling a great story about meeting dick marcinko and and saying uh you know, oh, I'm, uh, your book inspired me to join the Navy SEALs. I'm, I'm about to become a Navy SEAL. And Dick Marcinko being like, oh, that's nice. Like, no enthusiasm whatsoever. <laughs> and I think, yeah. like, that motivated him even more. So did you have that type of experience? Yeah, I I like challenges. And, and I like, I like, I don't, I say I like fighting, not like I walk around town like an asshole and go fight people. <laughs> but like, like, I enjoy martial arts. I enjoy the challenge. I, I enjoy, you know, high full contact sports and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, growing up, I, I started tie boxing when I was like 14, 15 years old. And my brother, Gene, uh, you know, was small go, getting ready to go into high school. And he's like, dude, you're going to go to high school. You're just get your ass kicked. He's like, you need to learn how to fight. And I was like, okay, you know, how, where do I learn how to fight? And he's like, there's this fight club I know about in this dude's basement. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm going to take you there. And what at the time, you know, we're talking about like 1994, 1995. So like uh, no one really knew what Muay Thai or Thai boxing was at the time. The UFC wasn't super popular yet. You know, it, it was on its way up. So no one knew what the hell Thai boxing was. 
So it wasn't an underground fight club. It was a dude who ran Thai boxing in his basement. But like the way it was built up to me was I was getting ready to go to this underground fight league, you know, at 14 years old or whatever, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but so in going there, the guys who I was training with, you know, these were all men, you know, the, the, the next youngest person was in their, you know, early twenties and most of them were there in their twenties, like between 20 and 35. Some of these guys were cops or, you know, bodyguards or bouncers. And some guys were just, you know, into fighting and training for professional fights. And I'm, and I'm training at the time, the guy was between studios. So it happened to be in his basement. And, um, but so out my whole, my whole time training in Thai boxing at, you know, 145 to 155 pounds, depending on what, how old I was throughout high school. Um, I was constantly training with people who were 185 to 240. Wow. So, for, for, so, you know, and I'm not fighting these guys like in full contact necessarily, but for sparring partners and for holding pads and, and standing in front of another person, like that started to become the norm for me that, you know, standing you know, toe to toe with someone who is much bigger, my size, like I enjoyed the challenge and it started to become, you know, like I didn't see people like that as different than me. I'm like, dude, I can stand here and go blow to blow with these guys. You know what I mean? So in, in having people, you know, throw that, throw those challenges in front of me, you know, even with the recruiters, I was like, Hey dude, you say I'm too small. What do I need to do? How about I hold up my end of the bargain? You hold up your end of the bargain give me what is the test that I need to complete and I'll do it. And if I don't, then you can tell me whatever, but you know, let's let me take the test first. Yeah. And, um, and, and that was just kind of the step-by-step, you know, as you got that pushback, it was kind of like, all right, asshole, you know, <laughs> nice. um, let, let, let's, let's let me do, let me let my action speak first. You know what I mean? Versus um, us just going back and forth based on looks. Yeah, I feel like, Chris, you've probably run into that, too. You've talked about, you know, your size and people underestimating you. It's always, I to me, I, that's why I like, and even, that's what, actually, Rich and I, I, I believe when I was out there, the first time I used his range, it was just clicked. We started talking about training, and I love this full-spectrum training. You know, he brings into the, uh, you were bringing everything, not just the shooting, but you're bringing it, because you have the combatives, the physicality of it, and I do believe it goes back to, where you are you're being you're being uh, always underestimated and i love i still to this day i am underestimated i love being underestimated because i love surprising people i love being uh ah. you're you're never the last person picked you're never the first person picked you're right in the middle because ah, well they he may be good and then you get out there and your work ethic because you've been underestimated surprises people or and, and maybe how well you're doing things and and being underestimated pushes you to become better um, those that have the advantages and have been given their, the life on a silver platter, some of them do well, some of them don't, you know, but uh, the ones that have really not been given anything and you have to work for it, um, you can go two ways. And Rich went the way that I believe I would. Done, I did the same thing. It's like, OK, OK, mother F. <laughs> I, I, it's my podcast. I forget I can swear on it. All right. <laughs> all right, motherfucker. You're going to underestimate me. All right. I'm going to throw this in your face. All right. That's fine. And, and I'm going to work hard because I'm going to prove your ass wrong. And it, it almost becomes it's positive, but it also, you know, you got a little negativity in there because you're doing it kind of a spite too. like, all right, piece yeah. of shit. You, you don't believe yeah. in me. And, but the, you, you go see. Your but that's a good motivator. It is. It's 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 a bit. And I think a lot of guys that go into SOCOM are like that. A lot of guys that go in the special operations community. But also, I'd also think 
the instructors, whether it's a ranger, the, not not an RI, but you have a, a 75th Bat Boy instructor, or you have a guy at Buds. I think they do. They put you there too because they want they want to get that out of you, kind of like Deadpool, right? They want you. Yeah. They want to crush your soul and put you down so much that 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 morph comes out of all right, mother, I'm gonna prove you wrong every day, and that's I think that's a way they that 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 they learn it. Cause that's the way I did when I was training. Yeah. I'm going to put your ass down. Cause I want to see what you can do. Prove my ass wrong. You want to prove yeah. me wrong. You want to prove yourself. All right. All right. You're, you ain't shit to me. Prove me wrong then. And I, I love that mentality of when you're going through buds or you're going through Ranger and doc. And even, even a lot of the instructors, especially the former bat boys at Ranger school, or you're going through uh, air uh, PJ and docker. I, I, there is a lot of uh, a lot, and it is a belittling, belittling. It's a, it is some hazing, but you need it because you they want to see if you have the what it takes to to be underestimated and to bring the best out of you, or are you going to quit? Because if you're going to quit in a training environment, damn right you're probably going to quit when you're getting shot at and you need it the most. And so I, Rich, and again, if you go to Full Spectrum Warrior there in Florida and Deland, and you go to his training facility, the way it's set up reminds me of that. It reminds me that. Now we're just not here to shoot. We're out here to work and train and push your ass a little bit and maybe even get a little beat up. But let's see what you got, because if this is what you really want to get into the tactical world, this is what you have to go through. Not just going to a square range and shooting. Now, you may have to. And hey, that reminds me, did you get the, the obstacle course built? Because you were you had those telephone poles out there and you were building that thing the last time I was out there. That's that's actually what I've been working on all week. So uh, we've been uh, building I, a. A 48 foot long by 12 feet high uh, rock climbing wall. So wow. it's it's, nice. it's a traverse wall. So you climb sideways, right? And um, it's tough. Yeah, I was just doing it the other day. So we got a, a couple more obstacles built, and we were running the circuit and you know doing some rope climbs out there. Now we got like a 25 foot high rope climb, and um, got some of those big. Uh, well, not some. We got a rogue sled with the weights for dragging that so we we threw in some like you know strength conditioning challenges inside the obstacle course as well but yeah it's it's coming together it's pretty fun it's definitely challenging that's right. awesome man i, I want to see this place now um well yeah I, oh, you, you gotta get you out here and train you man you get we gotta get ian out there as get soon as there. as soon as yeah. things calm down and are slightly back to normal i i'm in but but no i i, I want to hear more about the facility itself but going back to something just because i think people are going to want to hear with your background as a seal uh what years were you in the seal teams which teams uh you know any any deployments that type of stuff yeah so i i got into the navy in 2000 and then i went through the training uh september 11th actually happened when i was in boot camp we had the uss coal attack Wow. Um, and then in when I was going through the SEAL training, we were in the last phase. So we had only a couple weeks left of, of the SEAL training. And that's when 9-11 happened. Um, so I showed up and was in the the first team or the first group of guys. It's called being a plank owner of yeah. SEAL Team 10. So right when they commissioned SEAL Team 10 in 2002, uh, I was there with them. I did two deployments with SEAL Team 10. And then um, I got a a blood clot, a 96% blockage in my brachial Ow. vein. Yeah. And it left me – they tried to do some surgery and fix it. Didn't work. Um, and then I could no longer pass my jump or dive physical due to the fear that the pressure change would dislodge the clot and that had aneurysm or whatever. So <clears throat> at that point, my time got cut short. And 
Uh, I was actually, I left the Navy in December of 2006, but so it was a short run. It was only six years, six and a half years, but uh, it was in the early, early 2000s. Wow. With that, like, man, how did you know you had that? What was going on, man? When, when well, you've... so we, we went, we went on deployment and there's a whole bunch of different theories of what happened, what caused it. But we show up in theater and we're, we're working over in the Baltics and we, you know, come into a black site and we're there on, you know, like contractor orders. So we're doing some stuff that isn't like open to the public knowledge kind of thing. And, um, my, we were only there for a few days and my arm, all of a sudden we're in the gym and all of a sudden my arm just starts swelling and it gets start like getting all this pressure in my arm. And I'm like, damn, dude, I'm getting jacked. Like I'm getting a good pump. <laughs> right? And I'm like, wow, this is weird. My one arm's getting way more pumped than the other arm. <laughs> I know and a lot of guys like, that go, but there's a lot of guys that that, that happens, especially down range. Mine was my right. Cause yeah. I'm kidding, dude. I, sorry for all you Christian yeah. listeners out there. I, I was talking yeah, about yeah. That. that was a terrible joke. Sorry, <laughs> sorry guys. Sorry. sorry. Go so, ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so it, it keeps swelling up and my hand starts turning blue and it literally felt like my hand was going to explode. My arm was going to pop. And I'm like, dude, I don't know what's going on. And I left the gym and it never stopped. It just, wow. it, it swelled up to the point where I could not touch my left cheek with my left hand. Like I couldn't touch my left side of my face. I could barely reach around and touch my right side of my face, like reaching across the chest. And my armpit was actually like swollen inside out. Like how your armpit normally caves in, it caved out. Whoa. Oh, wow. Yeah. And all the guys were calling me Hellboy because I had this one (laughs) shot of arm. You know? I love love that. You're you're dying and, and we're making fun of you. I'd do the yeah, same thing. Dude, you're dying, but totally. God, you you look you look like you do. <laughs> oh boy, you look because you had the one big. Okay, go ahead. I'm, I'm just I'm so picturing this in my head, just laughing yeah, my so, ass off. Oh my god. So the, the the I'm like, hey guys, I think there's something wrong, and they're like, oh dude, you're probably just having a reaction to the smallpox shot. <laughs> Suck it up. Okay, so like one week goes by, and I'm like, dude, I don't think this is right. And they're like, I don't think- like dude, your hand's blue. I'm like, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like. Holy shit, your hand. And I'm like, that's what I'm trying to tell you. They're like, yeah, dude, just suck it up. They say smallpox shit can last for like up to two months. Because like, it seems really bad. You know, so to cut a long story short, essentially, I couldn't, no one was uh, like, I couldn't just go to a hospital because we weren't there on like normal orders. And I couldn't go to the military base there because we weren't there like, you know, based on the type of operation we were doing. So I basically waited three and a half months going out on operations and doing all our stuff there. Um, and then when we reset back in Germany, when that mission was over, and we, we rotated out and the next group came in. I got to Germany and I was like, all right, screw all you guys. I can now have access to a doctor. And I just went and saw a doctor on my own. And two days later, I was medevaced back to Portsmouth Naval Hospital and, you know, put under emergency care with uh, blood thinners and all this stuff. And they were trying to figure out how to fix it, but, uh, Damn, that, that kind of, that, yeah. So it's just, it was one of those things that <clears throat> a freak that the, the disappointing thing with it though, is if it had been handled within like the first two weeks or the first yeah. a week or so, like they could have probably fixed it with just putting me on blood thinners and I could still have stayed in and, and served longer. But you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. You don't know what you don't know at the time. Um, but yeah, that was that was kind of like how that all came about. 
Wow, wow, man. Yeah, I, I'm sorry to hear that. I, I'm, I'm laughing, but it's it just because I can just picture that even happening. That guys, for those that haven't served in these units, that kind of stuff happens. Where it's like, yeah, just suck it up, dude. It's a bee sting. Don't worry about it. You'll be. You'll be it's just an allergic reaction to soap, or I mean, it's just you're the most ridiculous thing, and you know something's wrong. I mean, you're it, obviously, but it's it's not. Nah, just suck it up. You'll get through it. And, you know, nine times out of ten, it is. It's just something that you just suck it up and you get through. But in your case, God dang, man, that shit could have killed you. And you're but you're sucking it up. That that says a lot, too, for for the for the special ops community and the SEALs and the Rangers and Delta and everybody else out there that, God, you know, you deal with a lot of adversity and you just handle it. and You go with it and you just work through it and and you take the pain daily and you took it for what? a month? Was it a month? Tell me again, a month. Uh, three and a half, three and a half months, three and a half wow. months, three and a wow. half months with a, with looking like Hellboy, And then on <laughs> top of it, then we just make fun of each other. Our, our demise, our, dis, our deformity. <laughs> we make, we make fun of each other because that, yeah. it is it, just, it, to me, it just brings back a ton of memories. And then also why, why we have a, a, a sick sense of humor sometimes, but why we also have that sense of humor is that how you get through it? Laughter is the best medicine, and, and and you got through the pain, man. I I just I the pain when it was at its paramount, though. I don't know. You tell tell me because I don't know how you. I don't know if I've been able to get through it. I'm like screw this. I'm going in. How did you how did you deal with it? I mean, what did, what went through your head? Like, okay, I I'm not gonna. I'm I'm in immense pain right now, but I I'm not gonna go in. And, and then why didn't you well, was it because ridicule so it was, or because you're like you know what i'm not going to be a puss I'm, I'm going to suck this up and deal with it it was a little bit of everything um part of it was so this was you know again early 2000s technology wasn't the best yet sure. you know so sure. at this point in time in in high school i had again i was going to school for art and architecture and stuff like that so i had some familiarization with um working like photoshop and doing video editing. I had made some like small independent films in, in the different art classes and stuff that I was working in for, for going for that major. And, um, I know videos and architecture aren't the same, but like I was going for advanced placement art and okay. that is what was setting up for the architecture stuff. They kind of went hand in hand from, um, from that aspect, even though they're two totally different things. But, uh, so the reason why that all of a sudden became important is because our job was we were tracking down war criminals and we were tracking the, the terrorist cell movement from Europe into the Middle East and, and the, the people funneling, you know, weapons and money and people um, uh, uh, through the borders and all this stuff. So we were doing a lot of special reconnaissance missions. We were going in and getting photos um, and videos of the different people and who they were wow. and, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So we're doing all this surveillance and I was one of the only, the, <clears throat> I was one of the few guys who knew how to build all the cameras out and set up these secret cameras. Like in, at the time, you know, it was like high speed shit, you know, now it's like freaking ridiculous. Like we had video cameras that you're running like external batteries off this old camcorder with like a wire, you know, running a wire through like a backpack strap and making like a button, a button lens, you know, in <laughs> places. And now it's just like, you know, at the time it was like, that was super secret. You know what I mean? But like, um, now all that stuff's a joke with, with, you could just have it on your cell phone. You know what I mean? But yeah, at yeah, the, at, yeah. So, 
to go and do this stuff and to get the to get these photos and videos and then to edit them and crop the photos and label the photos and send the Intel packages back to the Intel community and all that stuff. Like a lot of the guys weren't as trained up on it as I was. So my higher ups were like, look, dude, it's probably a reaction to the smallpox shot. Like we can't send you out to a medical thing in town because we're not supposed to be here. You know, like you can't go onto the base. We came into a black site. Like, we need you to finish this mission because we need these photos. We need these videos. You're like, we got to, we have to succeed. Yeah. We got some big people yeah. we're tracking and we almost have them, you know, like we got to keep the, you know, so it's one of those things where it's like, it seemed like my role was really important to the mission. So I was like, well, I don't want to screw up the, the mission. And then part of it was like, you know, maybe it isn't a big deal. Maybe it's just going to go away tomorrow morning, yeah. which it never did. But like, <clears throat> yeah. So, well, I guess it's, you know, the smallpox stuff, the reactions to it, your body's reaction to it can last up for two months. So, you know, you're just kind of hoping that it's just going to go away. And then two months comes around and then you're like, dude, we're only here for another month and a half. You know, maybe it'll yeah. go away tomorrow. You know, it's only four more weeks. Dude, we got two more weeks. You know, one of those kind of things. And yeah, finally, you, do. you do. Yep. Yep. Go ahead. So then finally we get back to – we're there the whole time and we get back to Germany and I'm like, hey, guys, I'm not trying to be a bitch, but, <laughs> but this is wrong. And I'm going to see a doctor and they're like, okay, I don't know because uh, – and I'm like, there's no more I don't know. There's no more fucking excuses. The mission's over. We're back here in Germany resetting for the next thing. But if it's not a big deal, let me have the doctor say, hey, Rich, it's not a big deal. And I'll be like, okay, cool. Let's rock. You know? But this is asinine. Like, I still can't touch the left side of my face, and my arm feels like it's going to explode, and my freaking hand is blue. Like, why? My hand shouldn't be blue, you know? And uh, so I just left and went and saw a doctor, and then that's when they were like, then I got lectured by the doctors and everyone why else because they're, because you're, they're why? like, dude, why didn't you come see a doctor, you know, three and a half months ago? And I'm like, dude, I try. Okay, I see how this is gonna be. You know, I'm the asshole. I get it. <laughs> I'm the ass. Yeah, is that, is that, go ahead, go ahead, Ian. Oh ahead, no, I'm just gonna say it's kind of interesting hearing the kind of work that you did in the military because to take things full circle, it sounds like what you did in the SEALs is exactly what you went in there to do and what you wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. It just I didn't expect it to be in that region. I thought it was gonna be more. Um, drug-based and cartel-based and here we are working against war criminals and uh and terror cells i think when i interviewed you it was probably i mean it's been a really long time it may be like five years ago six years ago or something i'm trying to think back but i mean i've interviewed so many people over the years and i obviously remember interviewing you but i don't know if full spectrum warrior was either in its infancy or was something you hadn't started at that point so full spectrum warrior was my training philosophy at that time. So my company started out as Trident Fitness. So when I got out, that's right. That's Navy, right. I remember that. Yeah. So I didn't know what the hell I was going to do. I moved back to my hometown in New Jersey and I'm like, crap, what now? So while I was buying time and I was looking into doing the contractor work and all this kind of stuff, I was actually going to try to get into like the FBI or one of the agencies, but I didn't have a college degree, so they wouldn't take me. And I'm like, Dude, I just left the SEAL teams. Like, seriously, like, can I just get a college degree, like, while I'm in? <laughs> and at the time, they're like, sorry, no, you need a degree. I'm like, this is this is stupid. You're going to take some college kid 
because he's got a degree in accounting and you're going to throw him in the field. Like I just left the SEAL teams. They're like, yeah, but you don't have a degree. Like if you go get a degree, you can come back and reapply. And like, that doesn't make any sense. I think it's different now. I think they have like a, like a, like a cross line program now. But so at, at that point, I was, I started personal training just to make some money so I could figure out what I was going to do in the time, in, in the meantime. And that kind of opened up the door. I was, I was teaching some Thai boxing, uh, personal training, doing some martial arts stuff. And, um, and I started my company Trident Fitness, my personal training company. And then we had some police officers who I was training and they're like, Hey Rich, we got a sniper school coming up. We'd love to have you come sit in and check it out and maybe add some tips or just come join us. And that went well. And, and then they invited me to come run a, a pistol course for uh, some SWAT guys down in Delaware. So I went down and did that. And then that kind of opened up the door for me working with these different police departments. And it was, I was just doing it for the fun on the side of being a personal trainer at the time. And they were just like, Hey dude, we're trying to get you in our, in our department. But like when we were trying to tell them like, Hey, we're going to bring this guy, Rich Graham in uh, Navy SEAL. He's, He's got this company, Trident Fitness. They can't understand why the company is called Trident Fitness and you're running shooting schools. So they're like, can we just add like tactical on the end or something so we can sell it to the department? So then it became like Trident Fitness Tactical, you know, and then um, but again, the 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 overall training philosophy over the years was full spectrum. Like we're going to we're, we're training to be full spectrum warriors. You know what I mean? Like if you want to run and gun and do all that stuff, you need to have you need to be a fighter first. You know, and to, to be a fighter first, you know, there's there's everyone wants the final product up front. You know what I mean? They, they, everyone wants to be this, you know, high speed shooter. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like they want the final product. But it's like, hey, dude, I, I get it. But we need to reverse engineer this to be a to be a good shooter. You need to be a, 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 a smart thinker and tactician. Right. And before that, you need to be a fighter. And the gun is just the weapon of choice at that moment. Right. And then to be a fighter, you need to be athletic, right? To be athletic, you need to have yeah. a fitness and work ethic. And to have good fitness and health, you need to have a good diet and good life practices. And if your head's not in the game, you won't have the discipline to do all those things that's needed to get to that final product. So that's why you need that personal development, that mental aspect of it. So that's what we were talking about, the full spectrum warrior. And for a long time, people were like, well, hey, dude, what's Trident Fitness and to explain what we were doing with dogs and guns and, you know, all this like personal development, it just, I kept reverting back to the full spectrum warrior training philosophy. And I'm like, this is asinine. Why don't I just call the company full spectrum warrior? <laughs> I'm always talking about the philosophy and the company name doesn't identify that the, the company name didn't line up with what we were teaching anymore. It just had grown. You know what I mean? So that's why we went from like, cause if you look at my old Trident fitness stuff, it used to say <clears throat> full spectrum warrior training. It was Trident Fitness and the slogan was full spectrum warrior training. And now it's just like, well, this is, why don't we just call it full spectrum why warrior? Why don't we just, yeah, you just might as well take out the, take out the middle, middle word and yeah, make sure. It yeah, so it. I know that's what you're doing. Go ahead. And, and one of the things with that that I wanted to do in that change was I wanted to take the Navy SEAL part out of it. And it's like the Navy SEAL thing is like, yes, it's something I did. And yes, it's part of like the resume or, you know, whatever. But 
with the Trident Fitness, there was a lot of guys who were like in the Marines or the Army or whatever, and they didn't want to wear the shirt or use a sticker or anything like that because they're like, I'm not a SEAL. I don't want to represent that and be yeah. disrespectful. And, and it was like, you know what? If I'm going to rebrand this thing the right way, like it needs to be more all-inclusive and not be about me. It's about us, you know? So that's why in the full spectrum where thing, like I didn't try to put in like a Trident or sneak a trident in the logo or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's, it's about all of our lifestyles. Like you guys live that lifestyle. You guys execute that lifestyle and that philosophy, you know, and it's more about the, the big picture of what we're doing to stay ready and what we're doing to grow ourselves and not about one specific military group or me specifically as an individual. I'm just one dude who's also doing it and kind of like put it together in a, in a organized, you know, package. Yeah. Right. Kind of, and, and I should yeah. throw out there very few seals <laughs> do not use the trident. <laughs> I, I feel like you could, you could probably name on one hand, the amount of companies owned by seals that don't have a trident the, in the logo. Oh. And I mean, I, did, like, I mean, my original company was trident fitness, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I, and so I've, I've been there, but as, as I'm growing it more and as I do more work, I, I've like, for me personally, I start becoming more of, it's not about me as an individual. It's about the message of what we're trying to do. And the more I feel like in some regards to, to this aspect of it is the more I hold on to the, to the trident so tightly, the, the less it allows other people to be involved. And well, it, 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 and you're, you're right in the community you know, I, it, it, you, you'll get you get an eye roll. I mean, from from guys from battalion, like, oh shit, here we go again. I'm gonna go work with the they got Trident on. I, it, and it, it when when by being able to do that, first it shows integrity, dude. It really does. It shows character, but it shows that yeah, you you are not fully yourself. You you believe and you you learn from what you what you were, what your past was. Which same thing. I learned for everything from Ranger Battalion. I I love it. I, I miss miss Ranger Battalion. I got a lot out of it. But again, I'm not throwing it back in your face because when it comes said and done, we all need to come together and work together and learn from each other, learn from yep. other where you're just throwing the seal thing in my face. It's like, fuck you. I'm not going to learn. Yeah. <laughs> what? No, you know, I, and you may be that you may have the, the, the bees knees great. And that shows how old I am. I just said bees knees. You may <laughs> you have the greatest thing in the world, greatest training platform in the world, but you have to break through that wall right there by just yeah. because it's it's or, or simper five this or or here or you know rangers rltw come rltw training or you know it, it does it, it and it shouldn't but it's it's just the it's just how the how we're wired but once yeah. you, you get over it like when i said so, you know somebody when i first met you and that rich graham navy seal you know i was like All right, well i don't care he's a seal that's cool but what does he got and i looked at full spectrum warrior I'm like oh shit and he didn't put, and that's what I said to myself. And he didn't put seal or trident in the name, but I know you did it initially. Now I know you did initially. So now I don't like you. We're not going to use your place. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but, but that's what was Drew's like, well, fuck dude, this. And then when I came and saw it, it was, yeah, we, we get past that little bit of Ranger seal Marine thing. We, and we get together when I came again, saw, I'm like, God, this is exactly what I'm talking about. The mindset, the, the, you, you, the, the combative portion of it, the physical portion of it, you still have to stay in good shape. It's not just going to the range and shooting a gun and saying, yeah, I can fight. The mindset comes first and you, you preach yeah. that. And that was, that was, no, I, it was a perfect fit. So, so I, 
I'm glad you 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 said all that because you said a lot better than I ever could. And I and think I, I believe I believe it. Definitely believe what you're saying, man. I think I think some of that, and I'm not I'm not throwing anyone else under the bus. Like that's not my point in, in saying this as far as a, like a logo or anything goes. But I think part of it is maturing as a coach and maturing as a business owner. When it first got out, it's like I yeah. came into the fitness world, and it's like, why should you listen to me over everybody else? And it's like, boom, resume stamp. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. that's kind of a I don't want to say is based on insecurity, but at the same time, it was like, how do I get the leading edge and give it good or bad? It's just, it is what it is. You know what I mean? If I had, if I was in the NBA and I was a professional basketball player and I got out of the NBA and I was going to run a basketball training camp, you know, you would probably market that the coach was a former NBA basketball player, you know, but one of the things with that is, as I started training more and more people and over the years of doing this since, you know, 2008, I've, I very quickly started to realize the, the people who wanted to come out and it's like, Hey, you know, I want to train like a Navy SEAL. And they, when we come and start doing the training, as far as the firearm stuff goes, we'll just talk about that aspect of it. As far as the firearms training goes, like, Dude, what I learned in the SEAL teams and what the SEALs are doing is completely 100% irrelevant to you for protecting your family. You're not calling in. You don't have air support. You don't have night vision. You don't have 16 (laughs) to 30 other dudes. You know, you're not hunting. You're being hunted, right? You're You're not on the assault. You're on the defense. So everything changes. You have people that you're trying to protect. You know what I mean? Like the ambush is on you. So all these te- the building structures like overseas, there a lot of them are concrete or dirt. Here they're sheetrock. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. so, all, the tactics are different. So for for me to teach people what the seals are doing is it's not even relevant. And it's like, hey, dude, but here's some of the fundamental key things that I understand from being in the military and working in with the seal teams. Let me pass on some some things that are relevant to you, even though they have nothing to do with what the SEALs are doing, I'm going to teach you what it is that I feel that you need to know based on your current threat, your lifestyle, your situation, and all that kind of stuff. And then when, when that happens, you start realizing it's not about what the SEALs do. It's, about, it's not about us anymore. You know what I mean? Like we put that on the resume in the beginning because it's like it's, a, it's for marketing. But then all of a sudden you realize, but that, that isn't what the clients need. Yeah, that you know makes I mean? perfect so, sense to me. And I think just in life regarding whatever you're doing, you have to adapt on some level with the knowledge that you have. And we're all kind of the accumulation of all the knowledge we learn over the years. I I could just tell you for me, which is a totally different background than you guys, I went to college for radio and I went to college when podcasts were, were pretty much not a thing. I, I heard of them. No one was listening to them. I mean, this was pre-Joe Rogan podcast. And a lot of the stuff that I learned in those four years, really five years of, uh, well, four years at Hofstra for college, for uh, radio, I still use today. But a lot of it is irrelevant because the industry has changed so much in 10 years and 15 years, and yep. you have to adapt. And it, I think it's the same thing with firearms, fitness, or anything. Well, and, and yeah. I agree with the with what you're saying on there, Rich. I do I do believe you know putting out and learning everything that you can. So you have a, a, 
you have so much to pull from becoming proficient in everything that you can though too and and efficient proficient and efficient in it yep um but I, but i know i uh, when people do come in you're right yeah you, know, you know i i've actually learned the hard way myself um trying to trying to train tactics that maybe i used when i was with the government or with the rangers and trying to train it to civilian populace or even a law enforcement populace and it just it it doesn't work the mindset's different and it, and i was wrong in trying to teach it that way so i learned by just making making my own teaching and coaching errors and finally figuring out okay I have to put this to what these people really need and, and what they're what is going to help them in a situation, not what, OK, this is how we did it when we had a Spectre gunship and we had a canine jumping in yeah. the door first. And and, and so I, it is it's it's and as a as a teacher and instructor, you're always learning and you always have to change, change up a bit. And it changes for each group that comes in and especially civilians and it changes you you have no idea you, and the caliber not the cal, I shouldn't say caliber just the 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 abilities coming in because they're all different based off of maybe somebody's been through 8 million courses and maybe served a little bit of time while another one this is their first time holding a gun and you you have to you have to juggle that but the way you said it and, and the way you're doing it out there I think is fantastic and if you are guys are in Florida um, you guys are still open, right? Your your governor hasn't shut down your ranges. You guys are still open for business, right? Or is that, am I wrong? I, I just want to make sure uh, I'm putting information yeah, we're out there. Yeah, we're we're still doing our classes. We're most of them are really small group. We're keeping the groups, um, you know, only to a couple people. And uh, but yeah, we have like a vehicle defense course this weekend, like oh, a vehicle sweet. CQB. So we have we probably have four students coming out for that. We're just keeping the classes small and kind of spread it out. And then we're opening up the range to some of our like online training members, if they want to come out and just shoot a little bit, you know, it's outdoors or whatever. So we just, everyone just kind of keeps their space and we have fun and, and, and whatnot. But um, yeah, so we're, we haven't completely shut down and, uh, but we totally been busy just building stuff. <laughs> still build. Still, yeah. I know. So just, this is the best yeah. time to do it. Are, are yeah. we going to have, can we have one that's over the alligator lake? So like it's, it's, it really is life or death. If you, you know, if you, you have to yeah. run the obstacle course over the lakes, so if you fall in, I mean, it, yeah, we were really, thinking about doing one of those rope, like one of those. Yeah. Like a slide for life over the, over the alligator pond. As long as they sign a waiver, it's good. Sign the waiver. Yeah. You sign the waiver, he's, dude. He's, he's to be a winner. <laughs> and if there's any place that that would be allowed, it would be Florida. Uh, well, you and you do. You t- I remember you telling me after we did the podcast at your spot about I, I always said, man, there's got to be gators and, and little pygmy rattlesnakes all over the place out here. It's Florida. The land, I think, is still beautiful. One of the most underrated little towns in, in the in the country. If you've ever been there, if you haven't go there. Um, but uh, I, you said, yeah, one of your dogs got or you had lost two dogs due to gator in one of those ponds right next right next. <laughs> People don't oh, get scared. Still go to the range. It was the one that was next to the to the house, right? Is that yeah, right? We I, had, I, yeah, my working dog actually. It was the it was a dog. If you, I don't know if it, if anyone ever saw the photo floating around, but uh, doing an event for the Navy Seal Museum, I actually fast roped out of a helicopter with my dog on my back um, into into Donald Trump's uh, house, the Mar-a-Lago <laughs> down in South Florida, and. Um, it was a, it was a really cool event, but that dog that's in that photo, that one got killed by the alligator right there. Uh, 
yeah, unfortunately, it was a, a big, like, nine, ten-foot-long alligator. And then Jeez. a few days later, it attacked a Rottweiler, but we saved – that one lived. We fought – that my, my buddy fought the alligator off, and um, he went back into the lake. And uh, that Damn. one – But we had another we had another dog get killed by a rattlesnake. Yeah, I told um, about that. We've had goats and stuff <laughs> that have got killed by bears. <laughs> You know, it's, it's, dude, you're in the, like, it's literally, you're in the forest. So, you know, all the well, stuff it, that you hear about in the suburbs, you're like, yeah, yeah. Like we moved out to the woods and it was like, dude, it's ruthless out here. But it's, it is a, and I'm being very serious. I'm not being facetious right now. It is a very beautiful training facility. And believe me, the animals, when you start popping rounds or by the house, they leave you the hell alone. They don't want to get yep. shot, so you're not yep. you're, you're not like doing the damn Hunger Games and putting you out up here. Here's point A. You gotta get to the range at point B. You gotta go through all this area. <laughs> if you live, you get to shoot. It's, but that's what's so awesome about being out there, though, is you do you feel like you're out, out, out. Just you're 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 out in the elements, and and uh and it, it's just just the smells and it, it does. It's it's very therapeutic, especially you veterans that, that want to go sh- get out to Rich's place and and really contact him first. But, you know, get out there and, and just you will you're going to feel at home. You really do. He has you got that feeling. In fact, I thought I was like it. I thought we were at the scene from the Roadhouse movie when we pulled up to your to your house out there with uh, I thought I was going to have see out there hitting the heavy bag downstairs with hay bales, <laughs> but that's, it was so awesome. It's just so therapeutic out there, man. It's, it's a fantastic, fantastic place to go train. Yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you. Nah, no, wor- no worries, brother. Yeah, um, every, everything you're saying about that, you have to remain fit, you know, and, and that it's all about the full spectrum does remind me of some things because I mean, I've, I've met with NRA <laughs> instructors before who were like private investigators and, you know, are, are good shooters, obviously. And then I've heard these same guys talk about like kicking down doors and they're like overweight guys. They'll tell you they've never been in the military. And it's like, you're kind of out of your lane on this and, and hearing from someone like you who's teaching stuff who has been there and seen that I think is going to open up a lot of people's eyes and make them want to come there, especially when more people could at least get on a plane, go to Florida and visit you. But it sounds like you have some local people coming for now. And it's important right now that people are buying up guns left and right. Get with somebody that can teach you how to use those guns, but not just teach you how to shoot them, teach you the mindset first of when it yeah. is the best time when is the most <clears throat> opportune time to to do it when when do you need it it's not just pull out a gun and shoot it's it's just it, that's one thing we don't need with new shooters out there it, it's got to come with the mindset first and that if you pull that trigger it's going to live with you forever whether you hit the guy or not or hit hit the and kill the kill the bad guy or not it's going to it's going to live with you forever and that's where rich and I believe and that's why I really want to continue to use his facility out there in florida is because his mindset not the training he's going to get training training is the easy part it's getting the mindset down and that's that's what i admire in fact i i want to lead into a question i know i know we're we're, we're, we're keeping you for a little bit uh but i'm gonna ask you one question what is the biggest thing uh as far as mindset that you could teach people or you would tell people let's say you had your first class and it's these are new shooters coming in new people with guns uh or even just shooters that have been that haven't served but have had guns for a while um but you want to teach them about mindset and the proptune time to use that gun what would you teach him what would you say to him what would you say to him right off the bat uh the, there's two two aspects of it so 
the one the one aspect is this is real and if someone's coming to hurt you right like your your response it's very hard for people to get over the idea that they have to do something violent if they're not violent people got it and, yep. and i remember i used to run martial arts classes especially women's self-defense classes. And I used to say, Hey dude, you know, I'm going to stand here. I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you punch me in the face. Or if you want to, if you feel more comfortable, slap me in the face. Like just don't hit me straight in the nose. Don't break my nose, but just punch me in the feet, punch me in the cheek. It'll be okay. Punch me in the forehead. You know what I mean? Like just give me a hit. And they'd be like, I can't do that. I don't want to hurt you. And I'm like, no, I'm just telling you, like, <laughs> just hit me. Like, I'm not going to get mad at you. This is okay. Right. I've been punched in the face before. It's all right. Just don't hit me in the nose. Let's be polite. Just don't punch me in the <laughs> nose. Punch, you know. And, and I'll stand like like halfway turned and just like give him my cheek. Like just just hit me. And it's so hard for people to just to make that contact. And people who aren't like people who don't have ill intent. People are just good wholesome people. That's that's a very challenging thing for them to do. And the the first part is just getting over that aspect of doing something that's that's violent. So normally violence comes out of sheer like overwhelming emotion for most of us. Most of us don't get violent until it's we are oh, so overwhelmed that we just explode, right? So now our violence isn't controlled, right? And that's yeah. chaos. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's very important for us to be emotionally stable while we while we perform violent acts. So the physical motion, the physical execution, not of a person, but like the, the execution of a movement is violent in nature. But our emotional standpoint has to be calm in nature. And they're two conflicting. They're two conflicting things. So we have to understand that aspect of it, that as I go to do my shooting, like I can't shoot out of like being violent. You know what I mean? Like if you're playing golf, you don't try to hit the golf ball as hard as you can. You try to hit it smoothly and yeah. let the swing do what the swing does. And by default, the ball should go far and correct. Now I'm not the best golfer, but like, <laughs> but, the, but the concept of it, the theory of it is the same. Like if you're shoot, like if you try to shoot fast and you try to shoot aggressively, you're going to shoot like crap, right? But if you relax into it and just let your body mechanics do what they do and your breathing is good and your composure is good and your trigger squeeze is good, then by default, the the firearm will work and the projectile will go where you want it to go. You know what I mean? And yeah. But but from from a combative standpoint or even from a shooting standpoint, right, are, are there are two conflicting um, types of types of emotion and physical response. They're on equal opposite ends of the spectrum. So we have to come to terms with, with that and, and, um, and settle into a, find that comfort zone in that, that, you know, the, the things that we're going to be doing are violent and scary in nature, but we have to keep some form of resolve through it so we can keep our head and make good decisions, sound decisions, not emotional decisions. Right. And that'll be the difference of us overreacting and being irrational or being, um, you know, jeopardizing the situation versus us making good, solid, educated yeah, decisions, yeah. making right decisions that are, um, you know, in an appropriate response to the circumstance. 
and you know, yeah, and that that's where it's important. It is the the physical fitness aspect. People, you're, you're, you've been talking about mental aspects of it, but that's where again the physical fitness aspect of it comes in because that is being able to control those emotions and control that adrenaline, control your breathing. That's why I push people on the range a little bit. We will do a little stress. I want to see your heart rate up. People are like, ah, how does that have to do with shooting? How does that have to do with that? Get get after somebody. Well, because your heart rate is going to get elevated. You're not going to be able to control your emotions to keep the breathing down, to keep your breathing not heavy, not, not to be, not to have that adrenaline coursing through your body, which does, which does cause that tunnel vision that yeah. if you're not used to. And so it, 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 and that's where the full spectrum, again, we come full circle <clears throat> comes in. That's where you're talking about them having that resolve to have the appropriate response, but you have to be able to deal with, with what's going on physically with your body and recognize those indicators of the yeah. elevated heart rate, the heavy breathing, the, and, okay, what do I do to calm that down? So I'm not just calming my mind down to have the appropriate response, but my body's part of that because my body's causing my mind to spin out of control because my body's freaking out right now because I'm tingling in every every orifice or I'm going in the black and my tunnel vision is just causing me to just – because I'm in complete state of panic because I can't control anything on my body or my mind. I'm not being able to see anything, and now I've got complete just tunnel vision of the little quarter-sized hole. That's all I can see. And that's where it all comes into into account. But I yeah. love it initially what you said at the very beginning. This is where I want you to get at. Now start to recognize what those physical indicators are so you know how to handle those physical 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 indicators when they start coming at you. And that's when you have to implement with training. You do have to implement the physical part of it. You really do yeah. have to implement the, the elevated heart rate. And the combatives is a great – combatives is great a great way to implement that. Before you even get on the range, uh, yeah, I, I I know I I did I I love it. That's why that's again that's why that's why battle line. That's why we we want to use and then we do as long as Rich lets us and we don't we don't mess up his range too much. That's why battle line we're we're going to have courses there at full spectrum at the full spectrum war training facility and, and and like I said on top of that it's just a beautiful beautiful facility. So man, yeah. well well said. I did, I hope I didn't cut you off because I do that. No, no. So I I, I would that. just I would just add add on to what you're saying in in agreement. Like, so if if you guys are listening and you know you follow Chris's training and you see him running sprints, like the the comments that I'll get, and I'm sure you've got stuff like this too uh, on occasion. People go, well, I'm not going to be running sprints in my house if someone comes <laughs> to attack me. You know what I mean? Like this is stupid. <laughs> And it's like, all right, guys, you just have to understand if you've ever been so scared or terrified, like maybe you have came into a confrontation and you thought you're going to get jumped or, or you had got so mad that yeah. your legs start shaking. You get the butterflies and your hands are jittering and your legs are jittering and your heart's like, pumping out. Of your, your heart's out of your pumping. Chest. Yeah. How do you recreate that in a training environment to where you can do something with fine motor skills like shoot the firearm? How do you recreate that? If you're not truly terrified, well, we have you run sprints or do something physical. So we spike your heart rate so you can have a similar experience just because you're running sprints. The, the idea isn't that you're going to be running sprints through your house. Yeah. <laughs> it's just to get your body in a state that we can help replicate the type of stress that you would have or your body's reaction of, of an elevated heart rate, shortness of breath. Uh, discomfort, fatigue that makes those simple things now a little more difficult 
And, exactly. and it's, it's to replicate a certain type of stress. So when people see us doing these drills or see Chris running courses or me running courses and we're running and jumping over freaking barrels and stuff, it's not because I expect you to be jumping over barrels in a parking lot or yeah. running around with kettlebells. Like that's – it puts you into a certain state when you go to do your shooting drill. You know, that's, that's all. That's well said, man. That. That that's perfect, perfect, well said. And, and honestly, yeah, for the most of them that don't want to do that, I'll say it to y'all, right? Y'all a bunch of lazy motherfuckers anyway. If you can write, <laughs> we can, you, I didn't say that for riches. You, rich, you can you can put your comments on Battle Line Tactical for that one. But I, but nice. again, that's agreed. And and honestly, I agree that that's how I was able to get to get over that, to deal with the adrenaline, to deal with it, at least initially in training before I was actually had to deal with it for real, but I was prepared for it. I was well prepared for it because of just that aspect of all that, of all those, those, uh, that the physical, physical endurance that, that you had to be in. And, and it's, it's, it's why seals and Rangers and PJs and, 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 you know, you, Raiders, that's why we were physically in good shape. That's combat readiness. That's why. And you want to be that. So if you have to deal with that situation, you know what, first of all, you know what the feeling is. And also, you know, that you can fight through all that, those physical, uh, physical obstacles that you're going to have to go through. And you can still, you can still handle it and defend yourself and defend your family. And uh, no, I, I, yeah, I, I get those comments every once in a while and I just, <laughs> I shrug them off. Who cares? Don't come to my course and go, so go somewhere else. Where you can just stand on a flat range and shoot. But the ones that do come to it. And at the end of the day, like even that Florida one, they have a blast. They're like, oh my yeah. gosh, I pushed myself so much. This was so fun because they, they're walking off feeling like they accomplished not just the shooting aspect, but they just their body and they've accomplished something. And they've to me, I, I just see it in their eyes. They've, they've grown. They've, they've, they've moved on where they – you just see just a little bit more confidence that, you know what, if I ever have to deal with a situation, I, I, I can deal with it. I know I'm going to be able to handle it a little bit better than I was before I came out here. And that that means the world to me immensely. Now, well said, brother. Well hey, said. Good good stuff, Rich. And for anyone who wants to check out what you do there in Florida, it's uh, FullSpectrumWarriors.com. On Instagram at FullSpectrumWarriorUSA. Uh, hope you're stay, staying strong through all of this. I do wish I was in Florida. I would prefer to be in Florida <laughs> right now for sure. Especially with the state of things right now in New York. But uh yeah, man, unless there's anything else, we will probably have a part two at some point, and it's been great having you on. Yeah, bro. Yeah, you're, I, you're, I, I, appreciate I appreciate it. Great having Rich on, and I got to tell you guys, I was talking to Lucas from Hero Soap Company, and uh, they're actually going to be doing one show every month, and he was, you know, I, I sent him who was coming on, and he was like, dude, I'm a huge shot fan of Rich Graham's stuff. I know Rich, so uh, yeah. Hero Soap Company wanted to come on board for this episode. You guys know we love them. No chemicals, dyes, or fragrances, no parabens, which are found in common soaps that are actually linked to breast cancer and reproductive complications in men. It's a veteran-owned company focused on veteran charities and building housing for vets in needs. Uh, for their subscription purchases, which is where you'll get a soap every month, they match that amount and they send it overseas to a deployed location. The subscription is shipped straight to your door every month. So no worry of running out. Dudes always run out of their products before buying new or more. No contract. Cancel at any time. And their slogan, of course, let freedom clean. I actually just made a whole order of soap. Uh, I end up going through them fast just because I, I love them. 
and I end up like using them more than I normally would. So I, because of your recommendation, I got the woods. I got another of the uh, peppermint plus cool. Yeah. I got the uh, cedarwood charcoal, and then I saw the spearmint. I got that too. I got the um, what? What is it? The uh, help me out here. Oh, you the, got the scrub. Here. Oh, the scrub. Whole, yeah, like, the body grit, scrub. The grit, yeah, I got that grit scrub. Grit, grit scrub because yep. I wanted to try that. And I mean, truly, guys, I, we both stand behind their product so much. And I never thought I would be so into a soap, but this is unlike any soap I've ever had. It is it is awesome. I, I've been, you know, I have mine flipped over. So when I run out, I just pick the next one. I, it's like I want to be surprised when I start washing myself with it. So my next soap, I ran out of the woods. I finished that one. And honestly, I, mine, it takes a month for me to go through my soap. And I take a shower every every day, maybe even two a day. They last I, they last a lot longer than when I just go buy regular old ivory or Irish spring. Yeah, it's a um, thick bar of soap. Yeah, I think yeah. I just end up, like, loving the smell it, and taking it, too long. It does. <laughs> it does. But it's it's awesome. I have the peppermint one now, so I'm used to that one. I, I, I just I love that sensation all over my my taint there man <laughs> on it all over but it just smells so good it does it smells like you're washing yourself with a york peppermint patty uh, and then um the next one i'm gonna pull out i i still want to try the uh this is a spearmint uh that yeah, one there's that, that's, next that's one. one that i got i still haven't used that um but it's it's awesome fantastic stuff guys and it is it's the the woods Again, if you're in the military, it reminds you of basic training because it's got that it does. And you think, oh, pine oil smell. It has it has that little bit of a pine oil smell, but he makes it in such a way that it's it's just it smells good, but it just it brings you back. It did. I remember the first time I opened it, I'm like, oh my gosh, this reminds me of when I first joined the military there in Fort Benning, Georgia. So guys, I, if you're a veteran, you're gonna love it. If you're not a veteran, you're still gonna love it. Um, for different reasons, and but it, it it and it's the best soap out there, and, and it just you, you don't want to get out of the shower. <laughs> you know, exactly, fantastic, man. Yeah, and uh, my favorite, uh, of course, the peppermint and cool, and then also the cedarwood charcoal. It's just such a, it's definitely a very smell. very masculine scent for sure. I dig <laughs> it. Uh, and then when you first get it, you're, you're like all. Uh, you know, the soap gets very like black in the shower. It's it's kind of cool because the charcoal. Uh, I dig it, man. I dig everything they put out. And, and Lucas is just a great guy, really stands behind our message and is a fan of what we do. And actually, the way that I got to know Lucas is when you were on InfoWars, he emailed me and he was like, hey, I'd love to do something with you guys. And here we are still working with him and Loving the products and getting great reviews back from the listeners. Perfect. Yeah, we thank you. Yeah, thanks, Lucas. And we're here, brother. We, we're here for the uh, longevity and duration. Hope to make this a a, a long, long-standing relationship. If if we're able to keep the podcast on, which I believe we will. I just, yeah, I'd love to see him as just a just a an annual sponsor because uh, we believe in the product and we don't push anything that we don't believe in, but especially the soap and the way it's packaged too is outstanding. Just getting it, the packaging is cool. And I think that that says a lot for how much and how much integrity he has and how much he puts into his product, just the way he, he packages it. It's, it's, it's awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the state government has shut down studios uh, unless they come into my apartment and like seize my computer. I'm going to continue doing this. <laughs> yeah. If that happens, <laughs> Man, God forbid if that happens, bro. I, I I see I see you I see a lot of those gun owners out there. That I, and I am a gun owner. Don't get it twisted. Just because yeah. it's New York, I am Long I am Long Island, so we still you know could have some yeah. things. 
Yeah, we won't go down that rabbit hole yet. No. God no. forbid we ever have to. I hope not, because that's not a that's not a country that 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 we any of us want to live in is something like that. So, uh, and I don't think so. No conspiracy theorists here. Nope. Yeah. Just buy. <laughs> just get the soap, dude. Get the no, soap. No, yeah. I'm just I'm I'm just making a joke here. But just the <laughs> fact that we're still we're still going here, no matter what. I mean, ideally, yeah, I like being in a studio and and. I do uh, look forward to when we get to do that again. It's just, uh, you know, it's different than doing it from home, but we're making this work. And yeah. with that, HeroSoapCompany.com, offer code BATTLELINE for 15% off. And then you can combine that with the 10% off subscription. And once again, what the subscription is, is that if you order, you know, uh, one soap a month or whatever, you will get that same amount sent to guys who are deployed. And as you know far better than I do, Chris— yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of a pain for those guys to go out and get that on their own, and it's a nice uh, you know thing to not have to worry about that's off their shoulders. It's a nice change too, because you only you're only given uh, certain choices when you're deployed overseas. It's either Irish Spring or uh, or Dove Soap. So giving uh, guys an option, even with something as people think as mundane as soap, it really does mean the world to to people to men and women that are deployed. Um, you know, you, you feel like, like you're back home. It, it, so it means a lot. So definitely. And as far as Lucas goes, uh, giving soap to veterans overseas or being able to donate, it says a lot of his character and it shows the company really does have integrity. So yeah, pick up hero soap guys. It's, it's well worth it. Well worth it. For sure. And, and being a veteran himself, I, I think he probably ran into that same problem and yeah. said, hey, when I start this company, I'm going to do something about it. And that's taking action. So good job. Yeah. HeroSoapCompany.com. Let freedom clean. Offer code BATTLELINE for 15% off. Combine that with the subscription for an additional 10% off. Also, you heard us talk about on this podcast, Chris uh, training over at uh, Full Spectrum Warrior with Battleline Tactical, and of course, what they shoot over there is Fort Scott Munitions. Fort Scott is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC-spun ammunition that is designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed-out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military-grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states, as well as directly online through fortscottmunitions.com. And trust me, guys, we do not overlook the fact that Fort Scott sponsors every single show that we do. They are our most important sponsor, and we love working with those guys. So if you're in the market for ammunition, this is who you want to go with. No, you, you want to pick up Fort Scott just because of the ammunition. Not, ammunition is the best in the country, best in the country by far. And, and you know that's just talking about the product, the, the people behind the product who, of course, stand by it are the Kraft family, tremendous people, too. I, I, we always hear Battleline podcast for anybody that we, we sponsor or sponsors us and we, we try to rep and do our best to rep them. We use their product, but we also believe in the people that are making the product. And that says a lot, their character and Fort Scott is, is top notch as far as the product, but it also 
just the people that run the company at Fort Scott Munitions have tremendous character. So, uh, but guys, you, you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not picking up their ammunition and using it for self-defense hunting. And, you know, it definitely needs to get into the military and law enforcement community. Uh, so they're giving their their officers the best chance to success and the soldiers and, and airmen and and also those in the Navy and Marines the best chance of success. So I hope that the government picks their stuff up. But if not, civilian populace will have it. And you guys are going to be carrying the best best ammunition on the market. Well said. It's uh, F-O-R-T-S-C-O-T-T-M-U-N-I-T-I-O-N-S dot com. Use the exclusive promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order. Only available to listeners of the Battleline podcast. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, Battleline Tactical, and the Battleline podcast. And before we wrap things up, I should throw out there, guys, uh, I've said it before in previous episodes, we purposely don't have a Patreon or, you know, Kickstarter or anything like that because we want to keep this free. We want as many people listening as possible. Uh, and you know, for you guys to enjoy this. So if you want to support us, the best way to do so is to pick up something from our sponsors and in the process, you're going to get something that you love. And we also do have shirts on the way. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I, guys, I know we've been talking about that for a while. That's my fault. My busted. Oh, good man. Cracks there a little bit, but we'll, we'll get those done. And, and, and you all those battle line podcast shirt out there. I think we're they're they're simple and yet elegant. Is that how we're saying? <laughs> they, but yeah. they do. They they look good. They really do. Designed by uh, Aaron Lauder in, in Australia. Yeah. He also designed the business card that I have. So our logo, all that stuff is all Aaron, and he does a tremendous job. Uh, I, and I, I like the simplicity of it. I you know I just I thought it was a cool design. It's exactly what I asked for from him. And I mean, I love all the designs of your shirts. I was I was actually wearing the Fort Scott Munitions, not Fort Scott Munitions. What am I saying? So wearing the Battleline Tactical shirt yeah. yesterday uh, while I was going for a run. And I also have, of course, the uh, now now I'm going to say it the way that you say it, the Tadia shirt because <laughs> because Scott put up a video of him pronouncing it that way uh... after he sent me a video saying <laughs> this is how you pronounce it, and the people say Thaddea. I think I even sent you the video. So, you did. So, Scott, you if you're listening, you got to pick a pronunciation. Stick with hey, it, 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 fatty or Tadia, tomato, 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 potato, <laughs> you know, whatever it is, it's still 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 tremendous workout apparel. And and of course, they've 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 been the sponsor of prior episodes. So, uh, yeah, fantastic. And the shirts, guys, if you don't know the quality of the shirts, Battle Line Tactical, the Battle Line Podcast shirts, all my Tonero apparel that's 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 run through my website at ChrisTonoPerano.net. It's that nice next level of material. So it's it, you know it's 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 form fitting, but it is it, the Thaddeus stuff's form fitting as well. Most of the stuff is pretty true to size. The Thaddeus stuff definitely is, but it's not. You're not getting a, a cheap cheap made shirt it's very those well are done. those it's are my favorite right. shirts uh yeah. it's funny that you say that because right now i'm wearing it's next level apparel right yeah yeah so i'm wearing from when i went to shot show a few years back um you know tau there in vegas yeah yeah i i was there once i mean it's very high-end guys like super expensive uh but <laughs> i actually wasn't even there the last time i went but they have a cool gift shop with all types of like uh, Japanese artwork, which I love. I mean, for people who know me, I have like a koi fish tattooed on my leg. I just love the Japanese art. So I have this cool shirt from, from, uh, Tao with a panda on it that says live life eternal. 
very cool design and it's next level. And I wear this shirt all the time just because I love the quality of their shirts. It's my favorite. Those are my favorite shirts. Yeah. And that's the apparel, tonal apparel stuff. That's the kind of stuff we use. Uh, Thaddy actually, or Tadia, or however you want to say it, Scott. Sorry. No, this Thaddea, is so funny. Tadea, but, uh, because it's, you know, this is just too funny because I remember you saying from the very beginning, you were like, dude, it's pronounced Tadia. And, and that's exactly how I was going to say it. And I was like, let me just double check with Scott. Hey, how do, how do I say it? Yeah. It's, it, it's the, well, but they have their own, it's still, it's not next level. They have their, but, but, uh, but Tadia has their own shirt makers and it's still that soft material so that Tadia has their own it has their own manufacturer that that makes the shirts so uh um so they'll fit a little bit little bit different i think that the Tadia stuff's a little bit softer but it's yeah. it's more for workouts as well where the next level isn't so it's got a little bit more moisture wicking capabilities so that's really the biggest difference but they're both still highly well-made shirts you're not getting a cheap t-shirt you're getting a you're getting a shirt that you're going to be able to wear forever and that's comfortable i still wear them for workouts though i know i do i do wear my next level ones but you can definitely tell a difference i if when i'm going for a jog or running and i'm going to be outside sweating real heavy no i'll always have it i'll always have that uh, tadia shirt on just because it has a little bit more wicking wicking uh, material in it where the next level you know, those for me are more daily wear shirts, but I wear still wear them to the gym. They just they wick they wick pretty good. I just think the Tadio does the Tadio ones since they're made for workouts, they do wick a little bit better. Yeah, no, they that. probably do. I, I was hey, I still went for a run yesterday in my uh in my Battleline Tactical shirt. And although it's the craziest thing, I'm still able to walk onto the water uh where the sand is and all that, which is great. And I still I see That's some people great. out there fishing. Uh, but I, for some reason, you know how it is now with the public gatherings, I can't go to like the dock. It's all closed off. Uh, but as long as I can still get there on the sand and everybody I see there when I get there, by the way, it's not like it's a ton of people, it's two or three people, but they're in, they're always in a good mood. I think the people who are staying completely isolated and locked inside their homes, it's not good. And they might not be saying it on the news. And I know you're going to agree with me on this. Uh, you know, if you're looking to boost your immunity, you got to get some sunlight. You, you got to get, get some sun. form of exercise. Oh, yeah. If you're staying inside your home and just going to the grocery store once a week, I am going to tell you, you are more likely to get sick. You're going to, you're going to get sick. You're going to get emotionally. There's a reason they put bad criminals in isolation. Yeah. <laughs> and keep them, you know, there's a reason when you're a POW, not that I've ever been a P a real POW, <laughs> but there's a reason even during going through SEER training, why they isolate you it mentally taxes you it's it's a form of punishment so if you're just staying inside because you're completely scared of your mind because the liberty bibbity michelahoba hobo virus is out there and it's going to chase you down and get you you're you're really making yourself unhealthy use common sense like ian says ian does you know don't go to the big gatherings you know I, i don't do that anyway i never did anyway so that really isn't a new stretch for me but if you're used to going out and hanging out with a ton of people in a crowd don't do that but you do need to get out and getting sun oh yeah sun's an energizer superman there's a reason superman gets his strength from the sun guys it does it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna re-energize you but it does you get you get essential vitamins and nutrients from the sun that's that's not that's not some uh some some nature saying i have because uh you know i eat grass and and worship trees it's it's got honest truth so you need to get out there and get some sun and at least just get out and go for a walk or go for a run you're still able to do that 
Ian says you're still able to do that. He lives in New York City. That that you you can get out. Well, I, get I, out live on, I live on I live on Long Island. We live on Long Island. Yes. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I'm sorry. I can't always forget that. But get out. You do need to get out. Just go for a walk. And yeah. I still see that. I see tons of people out. They're in groups of one or two, and it's generally with the families, and they're outside yeah. walking or running. God, you just people. I'm, just, I'm seeing the pleasant. same thing, and I'm seeing the same thing, and I unfortunately I'm seeing a little bit less of it because I th- and I do think it is because of the fear mongering, and you know I'm not going to say it's not legit, especially where I live. But I, like I said to Chris before we recorded, I was in a CVS last night. I was the only one in the whole store without a mask, without gloves. And I, as I said to Chris, and I'm being serious here and just being honest, I am not going to be going out in a spacesuit over this. Like, I'm going to take the necessary <laughs> yeah. precautions. I'm not going to stop going for runs. Uh, you know, and if they try to stop us from going for runs, that's that's going to be a problem. I would yeah. absolutely agree yeah. with you on because it's just, as you said, common sense, getting exercise, take your vitamins, take, um, uh, I would say take a supplement that has zinc in it. I take ZMA yeah. every night. Um, yeah. Just yeah. A, lo- a lot of stuff that they're probably not saying that's important. And, uh, on the subject of COVID-19 of, uh, SARS COVID, however you want to, uh, phrase it, I-, I will throw out there. Our friend Gary Brugman's son is here on Long Island and, and recovering from it. So, um, there's a, there's a lot of people, uh, where I am having issues. Gary's son is is about my age, I believe. Maybe I think a little younger. Uh, I'm sure he's going to be fine. But you know, take this seriously is all I could say. Well, and, and that's me said the, the key word there. He's he's going to recover, recover, and I you know check out the stats. The recoveries have gone up. It was 95% in the world recovers from the recovers from this uh was it nine or maybe i'm maybe i'm off but i don't want to get my 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 stats wrong but the it, number it probably one, is and, and it's all i mean i could i'll have to put it up but i mean we've said this all along this doesn't contradict anything that i've said yeah. in previous weeks it is mainly older people so it's uh 37 of the people dying which is the lion's share are 80 and older then you got 70 to 79 is 26 percent Okay. And then you have 60 to 69, 19%. And that's just about everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. so people under the age of 60, very low risk of anything happening to you. That doesn't mean don't take it seriously because you could be asymptomatic. You can come into contact with someone who's older. I do get the whole thing. And I'll throw this out for me, man. I'm very, as crazy as it sounds, I'm very thankful for the fact that the older people in my life are no longer here because I don't know what it would like to be, what it would be like to not be able to see my grandma when she was in an assisted living facility in Pittsburgh or, you know, not see my grandpa who was in a hospital near the end of his life. Yeah. For those people, I, I totally feel what you're going through because uh, I, I'm like I said, I'm just very thankful I'm not currently going through that. I, I don't know if you have the same situation, Chris. <gasps> I, I, you know, I, my, my mother and father, I'm, I'm old, my mother and father in their seventies, but they're, they're healthy. I talk to them and they're, and they're, you know, my mom's, that's where I get my toughness from. I do for my mom. My dad's tough, but my mom, she doesn't worry. She, are you going, yeah, I'm going shopping. We're good. We're fine. You know, it, yeah, it, it, I, I they think live in just, Grand Junction. Yeah. Go, I'm just thinking, ahead, especially the people in like assisted living because no, you I'm know, I, sure I, in yeah, every I, state you're not going to be able to go, you know? And, and, and no, and, and you're, no, I, 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 my, my grandfather, both, uh, both my grandparents are, have since passed. So no, I don't have to deal with that either. And, and, or, and deal with it. That's, that's not being, I'm not trying to be a, I shouldn't say that. And without any feeling when I say deal with, I, I don't have, I, I've been blessed again that, yeah, I've, 
I don't have that dilemma that that some of you out there have to deal with. And you do have to deal with it, whether you like it or not, you have to deal with it. But if you do, you know, just again, don't lose don't lose some positivity in your lives. Do the best that you can to handle it. Do what you can. Luckily, we have Facebook and FaceTime and all this other and you can twat them on Twitter and all that. Other, you have all that ability. So, you know, think count your blessings today. We could be at a time this could have come with a time we didn't have all these telecommunication abilities to physically see somebody off your phone. So, yeah, it sucks. You can't see them. But you know what? And that's always it could be worse. It, and yeah. it'd be like, I oh, roll their eyes at me. Well, it's the God honest truth. Half full or half empty. How are you going to look at things? And and you got to look at it that way. And like you're looking at things, you know, who who would think that oh, Ian, what he's talking about? He, he thinks his, his 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 he doesn't have to deal with any of his family members in assisted living because they've all passed. People think, well, that's a half half empty. No, that's really what he how you just said it is a half full way of looking at things. You are blessed. Like it could be worse. And yeah. you, and that's that to me. That's tremendous for you. Just not you don't even think about it. You just said it, but that's how you live your life. You live your life half full, and that's tremendous. And that's how people should live their lives. Just just like that little comment of what you just said, and that's 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 perfect, bro. So yeah, I so. I, I try my best too, and uh, you know, I, I know you guys have been seeing the news just day in and day out. I know most <laughs> of you at least are watching. Turn it off. And, Turn yeah, it off. I, <laughs> I'll, I'll just say with, you know, Trump in office, he does seem very eager to open things up as soon as we can safely. And I'm I'm glad for that, because, I mean, I do see I sent you before we were on here, you know, Ezekiel Emanuel, who is working with uh, Joe Biden on his campaign, you know, world? and was in the Obama administration is flat out <laughs> saying we're going to have to wait 12 to 18 months of this. And I'm I am. Look, I've, I am not like a diehard Trump guy. You guys kind of know this. I'm not an anti Trump. I'm not a never Trump guy. Yeah, Probably neither, most, neither, of, neither of us are. We're, we're, yeah, most we, likely. We, we, call, we call bullshit when we call it. That's just how yeah, we are. I'll most likely vote for him in the next election. But And my point is I'm thankful we have him there who is saying we got to get things up and running again as soon as we safely can. Because I think that is a much more sensible approach. And, and getting chloroquine out there to people who need it, which he's really pushing strongly for. Uh, I think is much more sensible than saying to people, we're going to wait a year and a half because there is no doubt in my mind, if you have people stuck in their house a year to a year and a half, you're going to see riots everywhere. Yeah. And this is not me inciting any violence. This is just common sense. People, the American public is not going to stand for that. that. And that shows how out of touch politicians are. And we talked about a little bit in text of how I feel a lot of them sit on their thrones not getting into what's really going on out there. They think they are because they read the news just like everybody else, even though they or they sit and they talk about it because they read it in a book somewhere or their buddy that lives here says, it. no, that get out there, man, see what's going on. And I'm talking about actually immerse yourself with with us little people. Get off your thrones. That's just, when you send that to me like that is the stupidest thing. But that is a pompous D.C. attitude right there. And and brother, yeah, I, I complete agreement. If 18 months, no, sorry, man, you're going to have lockdowns. You're going to have riots. And if the riots happen, they're going to come to your house, brother. <laughs> so they're yeah, not and your and house, the, yet, but this. No, the, the crazy Emanuel. thing is Ezekiel Manuel, and I put this on Twitter, is the same guy who wrote a piece about how he literally wrote that he hopes to die at 75 because, you know, you, you, we don't need to live longer than that. And I'm just thinking if that's his philosophy. 
Why is he even worried about this? Because as we said before, as we've been saying since day one, those are honestly the people who are dying. And I want to keep those people alive. I, you know, if he doesn't, then then he's kind of contradicting himself a little bit. And and it does make you wonder what is what are his intentions when he says that. So that's just that's just a pretentious. I'm better than you. I know more than you mentality that the majority of the beltway and I'm saying majority of the beltway. I'm not talking to everybody that lives there in McLean and Lang. I'm talking about your politicians and your government officials. That's their mindset. And we've we've let ourselves get to that direction. We've elected these these dumbass people that make comments like that. That's just but that's a, that's also why you and I and me even especially I don't really trust any politician. I you have to earn my trust cuz I don't if you're a politician and nope, I don't like I believe a word you're saying until you actually prove your merit and right now God dang, I, there isn't one out there that I would really because no. I, I have to ask you something then. I, I know we're going long here, but now it's just making me wonder. No, go, I remember, go ahead, go no, it, this just has me curious. I remember when you were, you know, way more in the public spotlight yeah, at the height yeah. of the Gazi stuff. You were a big Devin Nunes guy. Um, I know Louis Gomer, who I, who I became friendly with, was, I think, a great guy. Do you feel that way? All across the board. The, the only one that is that has always been fully up. Actually, there has been two that have been fully up front that never lied to me that I know about. That's Trey Gowdy and Jason Chaffetz. Whether they're Republican or Dem, I don't give it two shits. I'm telling you, the two that have always said to me what they've said. I've always done my background with it, and they were they they weren't wrong. They weren't lying to me about it. Those are the only two. They're since not longer no longer in D.C. I don't think that's a coincidence based off. Now, I think Chief it goes on Fox News. Again, I don't watch the news anymore. But now that they've gone, no, I, I don't. But even at that point when I was talking to them and dealing with a lot within the political world, you know, I was I was, I was doing the, the 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 Benghazi Select Committee hearing. I was doing the Mike Rogers bullshit committee, that first Benghazi hearing that was just complete farce. Um no, I didn't believe any of them right then. Anyway, they had to earn my trust. And the ones that didn't lie to me with whatever we were talking about were always honest with me was Congressman Jason Chaffetz and also uh, Trey Gowdy. No, I, 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 no, Devin, I, I don't know. Devin wasn't always not that I, 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 I like him. I, I think he's 95 percent honest with me, but there was a 5 percent where he wasn't. And I, I guys, I, you know, I just him and Speaker Boehner, both of them. Uh, this, so, did, no, did I, you ever get a chance to meet Louis Gomert? Because working with Andrew Wilkow, I have to say Gomert was like to me the, just the nicest guy. I didn't, brother. So I, you know, I, that being said, I can't speak for every dang Paul because I. Yeah, yeah no, that's why I'm wondering. Never that's why I'm wondering. But no, I, I never did. I never did. Um, but you know, it, it just it 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 brought some some hard truths to me, and and that's why I I, I don't I I don't. I will hammer every politician out there, local, local, federal, uh, your local, state, or federal, because the majority of them that I've been around with my incident, with me personally, and this isn't from watching this, is actually interacting with these people, um, sneaking into DC in a DC windows, man, to meet with somebody because I'm not supposed to be meeting with. Somebody. I mean, come on, I've done the cloak and dagger stuff. I've done it. It's not just I didn't see it on HBO. <laughs> um, uh, no, they, they, they generally just getting what they needed out of you to either help them with their own campaign or to protect somebody that maybe they're a friend with that I may know something about, uh, as far as the incident went, uh, with Benghazi or whatever else, uh, national security. It was always about 
covering their asses or using the information they needed to use to win a re-election or to help their party win re-election. And now I, I, like I said, I, I don't trust, I don't trust a lick of them. You have to earn my trust. And people are like, who gives a shit? Who are you? Well, you're right. Who am I? I live in Omaha, Nebraska. Well, nobody gives. <laughs> I don't, I'd say the same thing if I was listening to me too. But I'm just, you know, people have asked, why don't you get political? Why'd you pull yourself out of it? Why do you not go on the news, the, the mainstream news anymore? Uh, that's why. Because, dude, you, you get manipulated and used, and it very rarely is it for uh, the greater good. It's for personal gain, or it's for a, you know, it's for the party's the party's politics. To, and I want to be a part of it anymore. So, um, that's why I, I I'm taking this. And granted, you, I'm in a different area than you are. I'm taking this this, and I still think it's a hysteria. I don't think it. I don't like to say pandemic. No, no. It's this is this is a. We've made this a lot worse than what I believe it really is. But again, I live in a different area than you do. So I'm taking what you say with a grain of salt, just like you take what I say with a grain of salt. But I, I, I don't believe a lot of the shit that that the politicians or the CDC, which is full of politicians, or or the World Health Organization, which is hell full of politicians. I don't take a lot of what they say with with a uh, with a lot of accuracy because I don't know which way it's being spun. It may be accurate, it may not be. But to me, it's still they're utilizing information to manipulate the populace, and I've seen. I've seen dictators and I've been in countries where they do use the state media to manipulate the masses, to cause chaos and panic. And it's for control. And that's scary, guys. And I I see parts of that a little bit. I'm not conspiracy theorist, but I do see when when you start seeing your freedoms getting taken away. I can't go to the park now. Wait a second. Wait, I I, I think I even saw something while we were talking here, a a blurb come up that in California – there a possibility in Riverside that they may be able to arrest you without wearing a, a mask. That's yeah, that's freedoms crazy. That and, and, and I'm also seeing, uh, if you want to talk about like the technology companies, I, I saw the other night, Google is now developing an app that will uh, track social distancing in the public. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you know, they're going to team up with government. What are you, what are you going to do? Are you going to, you're going to find me or put me in jail because I'm uh, five and a half feet from Toronto yeah. and not six feet. It, it, that, that shit is over the top. For sure. That's ridiculousness. And yeah, with your Ezekiel, the Ezekiel Emmanuel stuff you sent me, complete ridiculousness. I'm going to tell people, I'm going to tell you right now. There comes a time where you do need to, and not, no, don't go riot. I don't want you don't want to do any of that stuff. But you do want don't want to let your freedoms go as easily as we've been kind of let as we've been letting them go because of this manipulation. I do believe there's a little bit of manipulation. Yes, there's a threat out there. Yes, it is serious. It is serious. There, the you know, there the flu. It's it's a harmful, harmful flu that could that if you're in the age groups could possibly kill you. Um, but you also be careful because the more freedoms you give away, they're easy, easy, easy to give away. They're a hell of a lot harder to get back. Yeah. And a lot of these people that give all these freedoms away in these countries to these dictators or to these groups in control, the only way they're able to get them back is with blood. And God, I don't want to see that. That's, that's why I live. That's why I feel so blessed to live in this country. I don't want to see that happen here. I see that happen overseas, and it's does not good for anybody. And people just live in misery and continued poverty, poverty or complete control by the government. You don't, we don't want to live like that. So just, just be careful. Just, just be careful what things you're accepting right now. And there is comes a time. I think you said it. What, what you said told me that Trump said it. Whether two episodes ago, where you said sometimes the. The virus is is worse than the cure, or what? Oh, you yeah, said yeah. The, the, what the, you 
Yeah, I think what you're saying, we can't let, you know, the cure be worse than the virus itself. Thank or, you, you know. thank you. Thank yeah, you. And I think that's, uh, that, he's that's been the guy thing. pushing, we need to get America back to work. Now, I, this, you know, from my perspective, right, I'm, I'm actually completely fine with what we're doing at this point temporarily. Uh, you know, the, the goal is what they're saying is the very end of this month, they're going to reevaluate from there. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping that at the end of this month, we're going to start to put things in place and things start to flatten out. And, and actually, I, I, as we end things, I should say on that note, um, you know, if things are not changing at the end of this month and we're not able to get back in the public sphere, then we probably will do two shows a week. I just want to evaluate it so that I know that I have the time to really yeah. do two shows a week and you do as well. Because if you start traveling again, if you start doing classes again, then it probably does make more sense to do this once a week. But if we're stuck in our houses in May, then hell yeah, we'll do two a week. I'm, I'm all for it. I, I, you, you could, uh. Take that yeah. as, as me saying it. In May, we will, we will do two shows a week if things aren't improving. If I'm able to start training people again in May, if Chris is, started, is able to do speaking engagements again in May, which we hope for, then, you know, we'll stick with what we're doing. I think that makes sense, right? Yeah, it does. I, I, I'm, but to be honest with you, Ian, I'm enjoying being at home. I love being at home. I, I am. I'm okay. I'm back to when I used to come back from deployments and had nothing to do for a couple months that I just would do whatever I wanted to do. So I'm in no hurry. I'll be, I, I'm in no hurry to, to get back out the door. I'm in, this, that's me. I go, you're weird. No, I'm, I'm good. So <laughs> it, it, I just get my workouts in. And, but as far as work goes, you know, I'm, I'm hoping things get back to normal for everyone out there. So the, the, the hysteria ends and that, and also, you know, you know, that the, we're, we're getting rid of this, this, this Michelobahoba virus stuff going on. But, you know, that being said, if we're locked in our houses again for another month, my life really hasn't changed a whole bunch. Um, so I, that's where I got to lean on you. I really do. And that's because you're a single guy. You live around more people than I do. You know, how it affects you is a lot different than how it's affecting me. Because right now, I, this has been a great break for me to be <laughs> with my family. I haven't been able to be with my family for this length of time in I don't know how many years since deploy. Even before, even while I was deploying, this this wasn't what there this wasn't happening. So I'm a little different. So um, yeah, bro. I, I just hope it gets back to normal. So it just gets back to normal. That's what exactly. I, and, people, exactly. And, and people out there can just feel like they're living normal again and not not worried about conspiracies or non conspiracies or health threats or 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 worried about you know the best thing we can worry about it would you know, be great to get back to normal actually again worried about who's going to be elected president in the yeah. election coming up that would be fantastic to get back to that normalcy again where the two partisan groups are just bitching back and forth with each other being hypocrites that would be great to get back to that normalcy man yeah <laughs> it if, like if, if baseball is back i think that'll be a, a oh, good yeah. indicator yeah. Uh, I, I know that they're saying they're going to possibly move the whole the, every team to Arizona, have the teams play with no fans in the in the stands. Um, That'd be cool. It would, yeah, it'd be weird, but I, I'll take that over nothing. I think it would be cool. Um, and yeah, I guess the last thing I'll say is uh, I told you guys how good the show is doing right now. Um, for the first time in a while, number eight in our category. And and when I looked at the other shows, I mean, like we're right there with Laura Ingram and stuff, and and those shows have. Big people backing them. This is just me and Chris. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm really honored that you guys are listening, that you're spreading the word, writing great reviews on Apple Podcasts. It means the world to both of yeah, us. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. 
Yeah, and if if uh, if it looks like this is where things are going, I will gladly start doing two shows a week, and I know the demand is there. Um, so yeah, at the end of this month or May, Chris and I will definitely reevaluate it. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you, guys, everybody out there listening to us. I know I ramble a little bit. Thank you for letting so do me I. ramble. So do I. Yeah, <laughs> we're good. But I, I do appreciate everybody out there. And and you know what, guys? If you are wearing those masks, and we talked about, I wanted to mention this right quick. If you are wearing all those masks and gloves and stuff, when you're done with them, make sure they get in the trash. You know how much, in my area, people, it's not too bad. I'm seeing those on the ground and stuff. How, what is that? What is that? Basically, what good does that do for us, to, for everybody to be wearing masks and, and wearing all this protective gear? If you're just going to throw it on the ground, it's not going to find a trash can or in a, a plastic bag and in a, in a waste receptacle. So, you know, again, common sense. If you're going to, if you're going to have to wear all that stuff, make sure it gets into a trash receptacle in a plastic bag, then do the full thing, not just protect yourself, protect everybody else around you. Because uh, that was what I wanted to mention, because I thought that was that was a little bit of hypocrite, hypocriticism there, hypocriticalness from <laughs> people. Out there. I'm going to wear all I, this stuff, but then I'm just going to throw it on the ground. I'm just going to be all over the place because that doesn't help either. That's not going to help our health either. Uh, we can get rid of the Liberty Bibbity virus, but then we're going to have the plague come next. So let's <laughs> not do that. <laughs> right. So that's all I want. I just want to get off my soapbox there because when you mentioned that, dude, I, I thought that was something that needed to be mentioned because I was like, man, are you kidding me? We're all wearing this stuff, but then it can't even find a trash receptacle. Make sure it gets in the trash, guys. All of the, the massive games. I'm with you, man. That's all for this week's Battleline podcast, but we'll be back on Monday with more American Straight Talk, so make sure you're subscribed. And keep up with the show 24-7 on Facebook and Instagram at Battleline Podcast. Also on Twitter at Battleline Pod. As always, never quit. Never quit.